Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now, starting an hour earlier, welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Here's your host, Michael Ball. And welcome to the show. We're coming to you live from the corner of 12th and Rose in downtown Regina. I am Michael Ball. That's my friend, co-host. I'll call you a co-host now. I think you've earned that right. Nice. Co-host. Wait a minute. Just wait a minute, Zinger. You can't take it away now. No, I'm not taking it away, but let's be honest. It's an 80-20 split. You're like a, you're a, you're a, you're a very integral part of the show, but it's still my show. Fair enough. You're not telling me anything I don't know. Okay. Just wanted to make sure. Okay. Yeah. But you're a very good host when I'm gone. You come in, you slide in, and the, the, the show doesn't skip a beat. I mean, except for my rugged good looks and witty humor, which is unmatched, right? Yeah, I know. And, it is. And, and humbleness, too. Yeah. Very humble. I'm too ugly to be on these airwaves. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Uh, Ballsy and Kleisinger here. Here's what you do. You want to hit us up, 936-6262. It's our text line powered by the Capital Auto Group. You can always call that number locally or one 767 Just in this first hour alone, we're going to talk to Mark McConkie, Rams coach, about hosting the Vanier Cup here in 2025. Hopefully they're playing in it. We're going to talk to Cody Jansen. Who the hell's he? He is the outstanding voice of the Saskatchewan Rush on TSN and Rush Radio. So we'll uh, get his uh, lay of the land on the team. They had a big sold-out preseason game in Moose Jaw. Yeah, they should do that more often. They move sold the joint. Move, move it around the province. Sold the joint out there. Benny Walchuk from GX94, our sister station behind the garlic belt there in Yorkton. He's going to uh, talk to us about the SJHL and Junior be hockey um and the bc lions president and ceo Dwayne vano will join us before four o'clock big announcement and let's start there zinger sports cage shareholders this is what you need to know wow those deep tones man here i come on like a 13 year old going through puberty but here we go the cfl announced today that a regular season game will be held in Victoria, BC, it's going to be down on Labor Day weekend. That's great. The BC Lions could never get in on the Labor Day weekend fun. So they are. They're going to host the Ottawa Red Blacks at Royal Athletic Park. Exactly that, what Arash said yesterday. Yeah, but that means that there will be no touchdown Atlantic this year. So, Zinger, does that put touchdown Atlantic on hold? Doesn't only put like, it on hold. What it just I mean is that scraps it. What I mean is, is it's done, ballsy. I think it's done forever. I think it's done too. We're never it's getting. Done. We're never getting a team in Atlantic you, Canada. You can't skip no. years playing there no, if you want a team. It. No, that's it. She's over. Wow. And we're not shocked by it's that. It's a dagger either. to my heart, though. It's a, it is kind of a dagger, isn't it? It's an absolute uh, dagger. Okay, so let us uh, talk about the Riders' coaching search because that's the hot ticket. What's going on here? Well, we know Scott Milanovic. Well, what we kind of know is Scott Milanovic is not in the running. Backed away from it. Corey Mace was in town, very much in the discussion. But I'm getting a sense that he's not in it anymore either. So that would leave Buck Pierce going. But why hasn't Buck Pierce been announced as the Riders coach? Now, it's the Riders' prerogative to do it however they want to do it. Maybe, Maybe the I's aren't dotted and the T's aren't crossed just yet. Maybe there's some finer details to work out. Or, or, maybe the Bombers saved some cashola for Buck Pierce to keep him in the fold. Buck Pierce, very comfortable in Winnipeg. 
knows the lay of the land, knows working with Mike O'Shea. Maybe he wants to stay there. Maybe he's dragging his feet too. Might the Riders have to go to plan number four? Like I'm, I was, I heard from a couple of people yesterday. It was this is the thing when you don't know, right? There's rumors everywhere. I just tell you what I'm hearing. This isn't the gospel, but I heard it was Buck Pierce. Now I'm hearing it's not a slam dunk for Buck Pierce because Winnipeg has money to keep him in the fold. And I've also heard that a, a, a few weeks ago. So. I thought today was going to be the day. No, it's I'm not the day. today. No, I know. <laughs> the old John Gregory I thought today was going to be the head coach day. No, I checked. Now look at me. I look like a fool. We got to take a picture of that. Uh, that's beautiful. Thanks. I um, Where'd you get that? My father. He had it? Oh, yeah. That's an original? This is an OG. That's an OG. Yeah, what am I doing? Yeah. Oh, those are itchy sweaters, too. Do you have something oh, underneath don't worry. that? Yeah, I got, I got, what do we got? Oh, good. You got to have a shirt under yeah, there. Yeah, just a fresh gray. Oh, that's, that's, uh, fruit of the loom. Those are itchy. Yeah. Anyway, the John Gregory where he had a half an inch vertical after they won the Grey Cup. That sweater, folks. That's what Sean's wearing. We'll take a picture, put it on our socials later. Anyway, Zinger. What's going on? I don't know. What is going on? I think we'll find out. I don't if if this. We're news not is, finding out today because I already no, no, asked. No. If if we're gonna find out, it's not gonna be on Friday because that would be you'd bury the news yeah, on Friday. It's gonna either be tomorrow or Monday. It's gotta be tomorrow. Yeah, I hope it's tomorrow. Me I can't too. do this anymore. Too. Might have to stay home. And- uh, Riders have signed three. They've got American defensive backs Rodney Clemens back in the fold. They've added Cole Coleman and Mark Fields. The second. Okay, let's get to uh, NHL news. Corey Perry clearing waivers. He's been released, like in terms of his contract's been terminated. We don't know exactly what he did, but it was bad enough to have him gone. So that's good, I guess, if you're a Blackhawks supporter. Don't want any distractions, especially for our our guy, Connor Bedard. Uh, Montreal at Columbus tonight. By the way, Mark Recchi, the Jackets assistant coach, joins us tomorrow on the Sports uh, Sports Cage. Washington at Los Angeles. Washington coming off a loss to the uh, Los Angeles Kings and Detroit at the Rangers. I don't know if Patrick Kane will play tonight. That'll be interesting. Yeah, I don't know. He's I coming back he from a ice, hip. Yeah, he's yeah. coming back from a hip injury. Took the ice this morning. Yeah, he's with the Detroit Red Wings now. All right, last night in the NHL in Winnipeg, Canada Life Center. It was the Jake Ottinger show. They're now to center. Here come the Jets. They've got numbers. Appleton left circle, looking for a trailer. It's Morrissey following, save by Ottinger. Domestikov with the Jets still on the attack. Crowd making some noise. Tipping Andre the save on Domestikov. Yeah, Jake Ottinger, his first shutout of the season 27. Big saves. Dallas beats Winnipeg 2 to nothing. Now, if you're an Oilers fan, you would say, Good news! Good news! If you're the rest of the NHL, it's bad. Very bad news. Connor's back. Took a couple penalties. This will lead to a breakaway. Connor McDavid in on Thompson. McDavid, 45% in the shootout. He'll cut to his left. In on Thompson. Scores. Goal and two assists for Connor and the shootout winner ultimately. And the Oilers beat the defending champion Vegas Gold. The Knights by a count of five before the Oilers are surging. In Toronto, Noah Gregor of the Leafs was all over it. Kajovic all down there and look out. Here comes Gregor in on Stolarz and he scores. And he scores. What a turnaround. Now the Panthers need a goal just to stay alive. Yeah, he had the uh, 
A break down the left wing after the defenseman fell. Did Gregor scored and then he had the shootout winner for the Toronto Maple Leafs. 2-1 on home ice over the Florida Panthers. Can't wait to see the Panthers live for a couple of games on our sports cage trip early December. Panthers, Penguins, Panthers, Stars, and Monday Night Football, Miami, and the Tennessee Titans. Uh, back to hockey. How about Brock Besser, the former UND fighting hawk with a couple of goals. Takes a move back to the blue line. Knocks down to one knee. Been able to get up with the puck into Di Giuseppe. Leaves for Miller. Sheets Miller across. And Hironi to stop. Besser scores on the rebound. Puck stays in the bank of the zone. We're in the final minute. Empty net for the Ducks, but they're shorthanded. So it's five on five. Puck center. Intercepted. Besser to the empty net. Scores. Yeah, two goals for Brock Besser. One into the empty nest, as you heard there from Mr. Shorthouse. And it was a uh, 3-1 Canucks over the Ducks situation. By the way, love those retro brown jerseys that the Canucks are wearing. I love them. I like uh, Thatcher Demko's mask to go along with it. Yeah, you are the aficionado when it comes to jerseys. Western Hockey League, Medicine Hat taking uh, taking on Swift Kirk. Broncos coming off a 4-0 loss. At Moose Job. Broncos are here Saturday for Teddy Bear Toss Night. Saskatoon's in Spokane. The Blades coming off a win in Tri-City 6-3 last night. SJHL, Notre Dame at the Battlefords. Notre Dame lost to Kindersley yesterday 5-2. They continue their road trip. Melfort is at Flynn Flawed. Aaron Rodgers' improbable comeback from a torn Achilles tendon has taken the next step. The Jets open the 21-day practice window for the quarterback today, uh, exactly 11 weeks after his surgery. He's cleared for some football activities. Now, I don't know if it was totally torn. My son's teammate, Matt, had a partially torn one and came back to finish the season. So I think I think he is the trendsetter and not Aaron Rodgers. I don't think Matt Cushel, UND Fighting Hawks, not Aaron Rodgers with the uh, New York Jets. I don't think Zinger was totally torn. I'm not buying it. It was totally ripped in half. I'm not this guy is a millionaire. It. He got the best treatment injected into his he bones. He listened to dolphins having sex. That's how. And that too, while getting injected with the best meds. Yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, Deshaun Jackson is retiring from the NFL after 15 seasons. Super Bowl champ with the Rams, so he leaves as a champion at least. My favorite Deshaun Jackson play was this one as a member of the Philadelphia Eagles against the New York football giants. Joe Buck on the call. And it's a line drive kick. Jackson bobbles it and now has to try and recover. Deshaun Jackson gets a block. Are you kidding? Deshaun Jackson still not in and now in for the touchdown. No flags. Unbelievable. You know, I never got why people don't like Joe Buck. I like Joe Buck. He's got a good sound. That's because he works beside Troy Aikman. Well, you know what it is? Yeah, that's true. But you know what it is? It's because people see nepotism with him because his dad got him into the business early. But he's earned his stripes now. Yeah, yeah. I have no problem with Joey Buck. What I gr- do have a problem. I have a huge problem. <laughs> yeah, you don't like Troy Aikman. <laughs> with Mr. Troy Yeah, Aikman. he's. Uh, he, I, don't, I don't think he's that good either. Uh, but I don't think Romo's that good either as a color Do you think we could get anymore. through one Troy Aikman broadcast without him mentioning that he was the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys? <laughs> Probably Just not. Just one. Probably not. Hey, uh, Raptors are home to Phoenix. Did you see that? The Adelson family? They are buying a majority stake in the Dallas Mavericks. Mark Cuban, though, controls some of the stake and basketball operations. 
which is weird because it's worth $3.5 billion. You paid $3.5 billion with a B, and you don't have all the say. That's crazy, man. I don't know how that happens, but this man bought this team for $285 million mm. back when he bought it, and now... What is it like? Over two billion, three yeah. billion bucks. Oh, that's crazy. Got to be worth more. That's than that. what you call a shark. Yeah, and he, actually, he's leaving Shark Tank too, so he's just getting out altogether. Yeah. And I don't know if I mentioned this. If I did, sorry. Raptors are home to Phoenix in NBA action. If you want to get a hold of us, nine three six sixty two sixty two. Are you a little worried about the Riders' coaching situation now? What else you want to talk about? We'll talk right here. Uh, when we come back, the Vanier Cup's coming to Regina in 2025. We'll talk to their head coach, Mark McConkie of the Regina Rams, the host team in terms of being on site. Hopefully they're playing in that game. You're listening to the Sports Cage in downtown Regina and around the world on the CKRM app. Here on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. We're talking sports on your way home. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Hard to believe it's November the 29th and it's looking this good. Great shopping weather. You're out and about wherever you're listening, however you're listening. Thanks for making us part of your day. Vanier Cup went down last week in uh, Kingston, Ontario, Queen's University. First of two years in a row and then... The year after the 2024 Vanier Cup, coming to Regina, taking on the uh, the Prairies here. Hopefully the Regina Rams are in it. Zinger, before we get to our next guest, I'm a little I'm a little interested to see how many tickets they can sell. It presents well on TV when it's a smaller stadium. This is the biggest stadium they've been at since 2012 when they had the Vanier Cup and the Grey Cup back-to-back there in T.O., the 100th Grey Cup, and that was the... Uh, didn't the... Didn't the... Didn't the, uh, well, the Manitoba Ar- Bisons win that one, or who I, I won believe, that one? I know the Argos won the Grey Cup with with uh, Tricky Ricky. And there was the the Vanier Cup. There was an attendance record in Toronto, yeah. and the year before they, that, they had a big one in uh, Vancouver with uh, with the uh, greatest game of all time, maybe in that uh, with Spencer Moore playing and stuff. So uh, that was uh, that was a great one, the overtime thriller. Yeah. Um, it was and, the Laval Rouge or beat McMaster. McMaster. That, yeah. Okay, yeah. In 2012. 2012. So there you go. I would. Do you know what I would do with these tickets? Oh, yeah, right. In Toronto, it was the Bisons in 2007 when the Riders won the Great Cup. That's right. I would sell all these tickets for 20 bucks a piece, general admission, first come, first serve, just like a regular Ram home game. Let's pack the place. Well, and it's certain. You're not going to sell much if you sell them for like 70, 80 bucks. No, and in a certain area, in certain areas of the stadium, I would make them free. Like in certain areas, free for kids under mm. 15. So they come to the game because it's got to look good on TV. The other thing I would do, because I think it's a stretch to think you're going to get it sold out. You're not. Okay. I hope we do. I'm going to do my part. We're going to do our part. Okay. You're probably going to broadcast the game, which is going to be awesome. Mm. I'll be there with you. But here's the thing. Yeah, I'm getting you all hot and steamy how about in that o- John Gregory sweatshirt. How about October 1st, 2016? The very first Ram yep. game there. Yeah. Yep. When it's just the lower bowl was yep. full. I but, think we could do that, but, but, but Vinny. 16,500. But depending on how many we sell, they should sit on the other side. Yes. Oh, and I've said this about the Rams. I've told the Rams this for years, even back to the McChrystal days. If I'm a recruit watching a Rams game on TV, I want to see that it matters. And the Rams get 2,500, 3,000. That big Husky game here a couple years ago. Can you imagine if people tuned in on TV and saw everybody on the other side? I'm not saying that's a Rams 
problem? Like somebody at the well, stadium. The, the Bisons and the yep. Dinos do that, I yep. know, for a fact. Yeah, and so the Rams need to go, hey, we need our concessions open on that side so everybody can, it looks good. It's a recruiting tool. Speaking of that, let's go to Mark McConkie, the head coach of the Rams. Have you ever had that discussion, Mark? Because I've said it for years. You guys need to use whatever tool you can to show recruits from out of town, hey, this is the place to play. You're playing in the best stadium now. Uh, you're not going to get 30000 at your game. We understand that. That's not to diminish you sports football. What I'm saying is you got to do everything you can to make it look good. Absolutely, for sure. No, actually, to be honest, I've never heard you say that to me. So I'm not playing oblivious here, but actually one of our uh, coaches' wives brought that up. We were playing Manitoba. It was like a decent decent day, probably like 9, 10 degrees out. And once that sun gets behind the whatever, that would be the west side, you're out of the sun, so it gets cold. She's like, what about if we sat on the other side so then we'd be in the sun? So that was their excuse or their reason. Well, hey, hey, dude, and I said that to Frank before too, so I haven't said it to you. I'm saying this to you. Why don't you guys have that bench on that side? Uh, You know, you could switch it even halfway through the year. Who cares? You get home field advantage by being at least 5 to 10 degrees warmer for a part of the game. Like, it's your home field. Take your home field. You know? sure. Yeah, no, definitely something we're looking into – into this year, and I'm all in. Just put the other team over there. It's fine. Then it'll be quiet on our side. So yeah, dead. so do it and call it the Sports Cage Initiative with Sean Kleisinger and Michael Ball, okay? Can you do Perfect. that? Yeah, I'll give you guys full credit. Good. Hey, by the way, how about your guy there, Sean Kleisinger, calling the games? He did a great job in his first year. Outstanding. Yeah, he's great. I know lots of, lots of people listening. I got a lot of com- compliments to me, and even though I don't deserve anything, I didn't do anything, but yeah, about the, the radio and everything. So, Sean, yeah, they did a great job, and I'm glad people are tuning in and listening to the Rams games. And he'll be there tomorrow for your awards night. Um, let's talk about the Vanier Cup coming here. Uh, did you know it was on? Like You obviously had to know what was going on. How excited are you that you're going to be uh, hosting that in a couple of years? Yeah, it's exciting. I know our president, Dr. Keshin, is all, all in on athletics and loves the Rams, loves football. So when he told me he wanted to, to host it and put it in, I was like, okay. I said, it's going to be cold. And he's like, yeah, don't care. It's Saskatchewan weather. Let's play. We just had the great cup. And he's like, football's big here. Why hasn't it been out west? And so, yeah, he's he's super supportive. So we put in the bid and uh, obviously won the 2025 year. So we're we're excited. And um, just to show off the prairies, the hospitality we do here. And people love football. Football's big here. So I think it can – I think we can do something pretty special like that. October 1st, 2016, Rams-Huskies game. I think we can – get a pretty good crowd in that lower bowl and uh, really showcase what we have to offer here in Saskatchewan. It is the heartland of football for sure. This is the great coach of the U of R Rams, Mark McConkie. Um, so does that affect how you, like, does it really have much of a bearing on how you approach things over, uh, like, is it a two-year? You want to win every year, but do you look kind of more big picture, a two-year plan? Yeah, for sure. Obviously, you're starting to get a few texts. Like, hey, you guys got to be competitive in a couple of years, but you want to be competitive every year, right? Like, we were competitive in 2022. Obviously, had a drop-off this year, uh, losing lots of guys, but we're kind of rebuilding back up here, and we got lots of young players starting and playing for us. And, um, yeah, we essentially, we want to be competitive every year, but there's a little extra pressure uh, or juice, I'll call it, on that 2025 year. So, we're excited. Again, we're just – that's way, way down the road. We're just trying to – trying to get better obviously we're not very good right now so we just gotta do a better job uh top to bottom just getting better getting back in the gym getting faster bigger stronger faster so we're uh it's, it's exciting to think about and talk about but again we got a lot of work to do before then hey speaking of getting better i like following on social media all these new recruiting uh signings all these new recruits can you talk about a couple of your new recruits with the u of r rams 
Yeah, no, it's uh, it's exciting. I mean, at the end of the day, you're only as good as your players, and uh, it, it starts and ends with recruiting. And I uh, just signed a huge, huge player uh, yesterday, Liam LaBelle, probably one of the top linebackers in Canada, um, and he chose to stay home with us. I know he had offers from everywhere, and obviously it's, you're scared of losing a guy like that, uh, U of A, U of S, wherever it may be, uh, Calgary, and uh, ended up, yeah, still going to deal with him getting him in. And just got news today of another top linebacker committing to us. Can't say who yet, but... It's uh, yeah, it's been it's been good, and there's a lot of big names still out there waiting to sign. So we're going to see where they go. But I think it's going to be one of our strongest classes. I think we had a good recruiting class last year, and this one's got the uh, makeup to be one of the best ones uh, in Rams history uh, in recent years, at least. Yeah. Speaking of last year's class, Mark Owen Sieben. Owen Sieben told me that it came down to the University of Ottawa GGs and the U of R Rams. Just how close was that between those two schools? Probably a little closer than I would have liked it. Um, I know we were a little worried about, like, oh, man, we better get him. Like, we're all in on him. And he's, we knew what we had. And um, and he could have went anywhere. Like, he was offered by U of A. Kind of, like, he could have went anywhere. But ultimately, I'm glad he chose us. And he's super happy here. And he's doing a nice job. And like I said, the future is bright. As long as we keep developing him and he keeps leading and doing his doing his thing, we'll be, uh, we'll be in good shape for years to come. Wasn't a lot to celebrate record-wise, but there's always achievements to acknowledge, and you'll do that tomorrow night, and Sean Kleisinger will be a part of it. Have a fun night tomorrow night. Thanks for always joining us, and uh, hey, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll keep talking Rams football and get that, that stadium sold out this year and uh, in 2025. Right on. Thanks for having me, Bobby. All right, that is Mark McConkie joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline. More of the Sports Cage coming up on the other side of news here on 620 CKRM. Sports ticker at 3.32. Just three games in the NHL tonight. The Montreal Canadiens are in Columbus to meet the Blue Jackets and Hockey Hall of Famer Mark Recchi. He's an assistant coach with Columbus, and Mark Recchi will join Michael Ball tomorrow here on the Sports Cage. And Patrick Kane and the Detroit Red Wings, they're in the Big Apple at MSG, taking on the New York Rangers tonight. Unsure if Patrick Kane will be in the lineup or not, but his Red Wings set to take on the Rangers. And the Washington Capitals are in L.A. tonight to meet the L.A. Kings. And on the hardwood tonight, the Toronto Raptors are on home court versus those Phoenix Suns. Lacrosse is one of Canada's official sports. Here's the latest from the cage on your Saskatchewan Rush. Time now for the Rush Report. Let's head out on the Western Pizza Hotline and talk with the voice of the Rush, TSN Rush Radio, Cody Jansen. Cody, how are you, man? Nice to uh, meet you. Doing good. Good to talk to you again. Hey, man. So let's uh, let's talk about that preseason neutral site game in Moose Jaw. Uh, the joint was jumping. You guys should do that more often. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it really comes down to trying to grow the game. And with lacrosse, the logistics are a little bit tougher. And just, you know, moving the whole show down from Saskatoon to Moose Jaw. But uh, credit to the crew for getting everyone getting the turf. And that's a heck of a turnaround going from a Friday night dub game to a Saturday night NLL game. But it was awesome. And then the turnout from Southern Saskatchewan. Incredible, and so that just shows the, the depth of Saskatchewan Rush fans, right? Yeah, for sure. Cody, uh, uh, what do you make of this team this year? How do you see this thing, uh, you know, going this year for the for the Saskatchewan Rush, who, by the way, are looking good in their new unis? 
Yeah, oh yeah, the new logos look awesome on the floor. Loving the green jerseys as well. I, I think the team as a whole needed an overhaul, right? And that's why you saw GM Derek Keenan make so many moves in the offseason. And now they got younger, they got faster, they got more athletic, and they got bigger, right? And that's kind of what fans have been wanting, and that's something that they needed to do. And so I think with, you know, I expect from the team they're going to be a lot more competitive after two years of missing the playoffs, which is unprecedented for the Saskatchewan rush, I, I really think that they're going to be battling for a playoff spot. They should be battling for a playoff spot. And I really think that this team is going to test the limits of some of the best teams in the league. And, of course, the season opens up against uh, Halifax here coming up uh, on Friday. What do you know about the Halifax Thunderbirds? Well, they're a very veteran-based Team. I, I think they are one of the more experienced teams in the league, but they've they've struggled to get over the hump in the playoffs. They've had their frustrations. 2018, when they were in Rochester, they lost to the Saskatchewan Rush in the finals. You know, two years ago they lose out in the first round. Last year they lose out in the first round. They've struggled to have success in playoffs. And so for this core, this really feels like one, you know, maybe two last pushes for them, for guys like Cody Jameson, Ryan Banash, Randy Stott. They, they've got some superstar talent on their team that just hasn't been able to get it done as of late. And so they're going to push Saskatchewan, but it's, uh, I think, for the Rush perspective, if they can play with speed and if they can play that Jimmy Quinlan type of lacrosse, that's how they're going to have success against Halifax, who will want to play a much slower game and, you know, really get their set offense and pieces in place. Cody Jansen, thanks for your time, man. We will uh, watch and listen to your work all season and have you on again. I appreciate it. Sounds good, Ballsy. Talk again. That's Cody Jansen, the voice of the Saskatchewan Rush. This has been the Rush Report. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at SportsCage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Dylan Ruptash, Ruptash down low, Clay Sleva, Sleva for Unrainer, cross ice. Jay Kennedy walks out, turns and shoots, and he scores! Top shelf baby for Jay Kennedy. Welcome back to the show. Time to head out in the Western Pizza Hotline. Take a slice out of your fall cooking schedule with our friends at Western Pizza. Talking now with Benny Walchuk at GX94, our sister station in Yorkton. And he's got all the sports covered there and news. Hey, Benny, have you have you tried Western Pizza when you're in Regina? Absolutely, yes. It's very, very good. And we actually have one in Malville as well. So I'm always a Western Pizza guy. I love the dry ribs there. Nice, man. Yeah, dry ribs. Love the pizza sauce. It's outstanding. Okay, so let's talk about Junior B first. What's up in those ranks? Because you cover that the league as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the Prairie Junior Hockey League is a, is a great league. It's a, it's guys that have played some junior hockey or junior A hockey in the past, or guys just want to go to school and, and just have some fun playing hockey. But, uh, yeah, it's been a pretty good parody of a league. Uh, the Pilot Butte Storm leading the way in in the South Division, the Bill Johnston Division with a 13-6-0-1 All right. record, and, of course, led by former Estab- as former Estabuin Bruin head coach Chris Lugud, uh, who's uh, leading the way and doing a very good job. And then you look out north, and it's a, it's a jam-packed top of the standings with a pair of Saskatoon teams, Quakers and Royals, with the Delisle Chiefs uh, also leading the way there. So lots of parity in the Prairie Junior Hockey League. And I uh, just want to touch on this going to be a neutral yeah. side game, which is a pretty exciting coming up this Saturday uh, in Yorkton as the Delisle Chiefs, who have seven uh, Yorkton minor hockey alumni on their team will take on the four docks. So definitely if people in the area come out, check out some great uh, junior hockey on Saturday. That's an outstanding initiative. I love that. Okay, let's get to the SJHL Players of the Week. Let's start with the MVP of the Week. 
Cade Micklejohn of the Weyburn Red Wings. Yeah, anytime you can score seven goals in a week, it's very, very good. But it's a Weyburn team that wants to take that next step this year. And uh, he comes in, uh, a veteran guy in the league, and he's uh, took the Weyburn Red Wings by storm with seven goals this past week. So so a big week for, for the Red Wings and for Cody Mapes' bunch. So it's nice to recognize these players. Your forward of the week would be Matthew Van Blericum from the Humboldt Broncos in three games, three goals, six helpers. Yeah, very one of the best young players in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. He comes from Southeast Saskatchewan, former Tisdale Trojan alumni, and uh, he's had a great season, 17 goals, and that's a, that's a team that scores lots of goals, and uh, and they're led by a youngster who's already committed to Western Michigan for NCAA Division One. So it's a guy that the humble Broncos are going to count on going forward. So the LaRange Ice Wolves have a steady defenseman back there named Pay, uh, Parker Layton. He is fifth among SJHL defensemen with seven goals and 14 helpers this week. Pretty good week, four points for him. Yeah, yeah, for, for sure. Pretty good week for the Orange Ice Bowls. I know Kevin Comiskey's bunch has got off to a little bit of a slower start this season, but uh, they're letting them get some offense in the back end. That's going to be key for them going forward. And, and Parker Layton's very, very steady. He's a big presence. He's physical as well, and he's uh, chipped in offensively, which is great to see. When you're a rookie like uh, DJ Frygang, a name like that, you gotta you got to step up, and he did so this week with the Notre Dame Hounds. Yeah, three points in, in two games for him. And it's, a, it's a Notre Dame team that's uh, similar to LaRange, a little bit of a slower start. They're trying to kind of pick their way back up the standings and get back in the playoff race. And it's, it's going to be a guy like DJ Frygang and other guys that are a lot of rookies on that roster. So it's uh, going to be guys like him that's going to try to help this Hounds team back up. Generally, your uh, goals against average and your save percentage go hand in hand. Sometimes they don't, but... Uh, Harmon Laser Hume of the Flin Flon Bombers, the goalie of the week, 1.05 GAA and a sparkling, sterling, spectacular 955 save percentage. Yeah, he's one of the best goaltenders in the entire SJHL. He's got 14 wins, which is tied for the league lead in wins. A 2.12 goals against average overall. And uh, he, his guy came in. He came in relief on, on Friday night in Yorkton after Kenneth Marquardt allowed three goals on six shots. And he kind of carried the mail. And, and you're, you're not one of the best teams in the entire country. Not it's the best team in the country without uh, some great goaltending. And Harmon Laser Hume is a big part of the Bomber success. Okay. And lastly, I love this because Kyle McIntyre, we have him on regularly here, the SJHL yeah. commissioner. And he Talks about, you know, really highlighting Saskatchewan players. So they do that as well. The Saskatchewan Player of the Week, Spencer Bell, a guy from Warman, and that community continues to produce big time SJHL players. Yeah, exactly. And you, you mentioned it, Ballsy. It's great to have the Saskatchewan Player of the Week they brought in this week to highlight the Saskatchewan-born players. And I think a big part of that success is their is their, their minor hockey program, which is very, very good, and also their AAA program, the U18 AAA with the Warman Wildcats. But, uh, yeah, Spencer Bell, one of those guys that came uh, out of his U18, went to Alberta, came back to Saskatchewan the last couple of years, and he's excelled with the humble Broncos. And we talk about a team that can score a lot of points and score a lot of goals, and, and Spencer Bell is a big part of that alongside Matthew Van Blaircom with that top line, and they've been producing here. For the for the humble Broncos, yeah, three goals, five assists, eight points for him. Uh, Benny Walchuk out in uh, Yorkton. So, what's your week look like in terms of covering games, broadcasting games? Uh, I'm on the road this weekend. Malva Millionaires coming off a big win over the Fun Fun Bombers. As the Bombers have won, lost three times this year. Millionaires beat them twice, uh, beating them on Saturday. So I'll be up in uh, Kindersley and Battleford here on Friday and Saturday. So looking forward to heading up to northwestern Saskatchewan with the weather still being pretty nice here and checking out some great hockey. Yeah, no kidding. You hit the nail right on the head. So where can they catch your action if they want to do that? You can uh, you can find things on, on gx94radio.com. Listen live there. You can catch us on the AM dial at 9.40 AM, and you can catch some great junior hockey. You can follow me on Twitter at BennyGX94Sports and uh, follow along for some, uh, some great local uh, 
content there on the uh, on the X page. Love it, man. Thanks for your time, bud. No problem. Anytime. You're listening to the radio home of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. All right, welcome back to the Sports Cage. Michael Ball in the host chair, Sean Kleisinger, my great operator, and pops in from time to time, do a little co-hosting. You can text us, 936-6262, powered by the Capital Auto Group. Want to talk some sports? You can at 936-6262 at that number locally or 1-866-767-0620. I'll tell you what, I always felt bad for the BC Lions. They get left out of that Labor Day deal, right? I know even uh, even like BC or Montreal and Ottawa have that uh, Thanksgiving Day game, right? BC doesn't really have a rival. We're like, they need to get a team in Atlantic Canada so we can go coast to coast like butter and toast. That team against that team. But my second favorite team, you say I should never say that, but they are. My second favorite team, the British Columbia Lions. President and CEO, Dwayne. Vano joining us on the uh, Western Pizza Hotline. Dwayne, thanks for taking time out of your schedule. Yeah, thanks for having me. Biggest announcement here in a while. Uh, we were, you know, uh, the Rough Riders have been involved in uh, Touchdown Atlantic for uh, the last couple of years. Touchdown Atlantic has been uh, shelved this year, but we've got Touchdown Pacific. Tell us about it. Yeah, we just announced it uh, a couple of hours ago, and we're going to be hosting the first ever Touchdown Pacific, very similar to what you would have seen at Touchdown Atlantic in the past. Um, but we're, we're going to host uh, the game at Royal Athletic Park in Victoria on August 31st, the, uh, the Saturday of the long weekend, which you were just talking about, the Labor Day weekend. We're going to be kicking it all off. That's outstanding. So can you tell us a bit? Uh, I'm, uh, I've never been to Victoria. It's one of the cities in Canada I've never been to. What, uh, what does Royal Athletic Park look like? Will it need some modifications? How big is the crowd going to be? Uh, give us some of those details if you can. Yeah, for sure. So it... it um there's lots of space there. That's one of the reasons why we're going to this park. Um, it, uh, it has about 4,000 seats currently, and it has the ability to add. To get, we're, we're hoping to get to somewhere in that twelve to 14,000 range. Mm-hmm. Um, the most they've ever had at, at Royal Athletic Park was in 2007. They hosted a FIFA event there, and they had 12.5. So we, um, there, there's the ability to do it. We'll do a build-out like we've been doing in the last couple of years in, in for the Atlantic version of Touchdown. And, and um, yeah, we're, we're, we're uh, very excited to go there. It's, it's very close to downtown, right in the heart of uh, uh, Victoria. And, um, you know, this gives you a reason to come. I always said Touchdown Atlantic's like a, a mini Grey Cup. You guys are hosting the Grey Cup, so it's bang, bang for you guys. Is it kind of like a mini Grey Cup here and almost like a tester for you for the big thing? Yeah, you know, well, it's interesting. We, we do dub this as a mini Grey Cup, and we are, as you just stated, we are hosting Grey Cup in 2024 um, in Vancouver. So uh, we're very lucky to have both events in one calendar year. But, yeah, what we do is there's a mini festival around the game. So the game's on the Saturday, August 31st, but there'll be a two- or three-day festival either Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or, or Thursday, Friday, leading up to the big game. And it's, it's like a lot what you might see at a Grey Cup in a street festival, like live music and some activation and some team rooms and just really celebrating the sport of football and, and bringing 
that Grey Cup feel to this event in a in a in a city like Victoria. So, Dwayne Vano joining us here, President and CEO of the uh, British Columbia Alliance. So, Touchdown Atlantic was there to see if we can generate a tenth team. What's the strategy behind Touchdown Pacific, Dwayne? So. It's very simple. You know, we have about a thousand season seat holders for the BC lines that live on the island already. So we um, we are we can we really work hard on being BC the BC's team, not necessarily Vancouver's team. Mm-hmm. And we have our training camp in Kamloops every year, and we just really try to uh, outreach to the entire province. So this for us is a way to outreach into Victoria. Um, we have a lot of fans here already that come across um, on the ferries, etc. Every single home game, and this is an opportunity to bring them a game. But at the same time, we know that fans from coast to coast are going to come and be a part of this as well. So it's a bit of it's it's twofold, really. We want to bring a game and, and do a, the you know show our support to the island and all of our fans that are here, but at the same time show off this beautiful city of, of Victoria. So. Listen, fans have been asking me this, so I'll ask you this because you're uh, more entrenched with the league than me. I'm just a lowly voice of a football team, okay? Um, Does this, now being in BC, does it say, okay, we're we're not going to go to Touchdown Atlantic? Does it kind of mothball the idea of a 10th team right now? Should we we be looking at this saying, okay, they've kind of, that's it, and they're kind of just looking elsewhere in the league? Yeah, I don't think so, but I, that's definitely a question for Randy Ambrosi. That, that, that's something I don't know anything about. But, no, I think, you know, Randy and the CFL are still looking hard at that 10th team, and um, I don't think this changes anything. I just – this is a new opportunity to bring the touchdown series to the West Coast and to do something um, for this coast that we've been doing a lot of it on in, on the Atlantic coast for a long, long time. So, no, I don't think they're related at all, to be honest. And we're just happy that that we get to do this and host this event in in our in our province. Hey, how did the New Jerseys go over this year? Excellent. Everyone loves our New Jerseys. Um, you know, the the black jerseys are great. Our homes and and our away are, are uh, you know, it's a fog jersey. It's a bit of a you know, while well, fog color and uh, no, so far so good. Everyone likes them and they're they're selling hot. Yeah, that's good. Hey, uh, so I I did want to uh, talk about this because you know the I read Bob Ackles book, Waterboy book yeah. back in the day, and Bob yeah. Ackles yeah. was part of the Renaissance, a uh, uh, high time for the BC Lions, uh, and it was kind of in and no disrespect to Mister David Braley, I thought David Braley gets un or got unfairly criticized. He owned. Three teams in the CFL, two at one time. If not for him, we might not be talking about a league. But it needed a change of direction. It needed some freshness and uniqueness. So we're getting that from Amar Doman and some passion, and you're on board too. Just talk about uh, gaining a foothold back in Vancouver and uh, fans getting on board again. Absolutely. You know, well, you said it well. You know, Amar bought the team, Amar Doman bought the team um, in 21, and he has um, an infectious energy about him. He's just at the, he first bought it because he's a fan of the BC Lions. He's been a fan of the BC Lions his whole entire life. He grew up. He was born and raised in Victoria, so that's another tie-in to, to to going there for this touchdown Pacific game. But he really just wants this team to be successful. He has stated 
that is, you know, it's going to be in his family forever. And But he's not just an owner of the team. He's really works hard every day on, we work collectively on how do we, you know, you know, r- remove all barriers. How do we get to fans? How do we do different initiatives to just get everyone rallied around our club? We, you know, we, we, we've been doing transportation programs from the interior and on the island to come to games. We, we really just working hard to, to, um, you know, get, get the, the, get the buzz going. And it's back last year's attendance. Uh, we were roughly 5,000 increased paid attendance per game for, versus the year before. So everything is working. We're working hard at it, and the, the fans are jumping on board. And, you know, everywhere we go, they're saying, you know, it's cool to be a Lions fan again. And, and so that's, you know, really all, the ultimate goal. Always a Riders fan, but loved my Roy DeWalt, Mervin Fernandez, uh, you know, John Henry White, Tony Cherry, David Williams, oh, Larry Crawford, Lupa Saglia, uh, Nick Hebler, the list goes on and on. Ned Armour, the list goes on and on and on. I will tell you this, though, man. Got a little pressure, Dwayne. That was a pretty good Grey Cup in in Hamilton. You can't control what's on the field. I guarantee it'll probably be another good game again because that's what we are accustomed to in the CFL. But Carrie Underwood on a Friday night, Green Day, the halftime show. What is Amar Doman and uh, Dandy Dwayne got up their sleeve? <laughs> Dandy Dwayne. You know, it's it's too early for that, obviously. You know that. But, no, Hamilton, oh, kudos to them. They put on a great show um, you know, they raised the bar sort of on a lot of different levels. So kudos to Scott Mitchell and uh, Matt Aspick and Bob and everybody over there. Um, we're just going to come and do the best job we possibly can. And we have some, we have some uh, you know, tricks up our sleeves. Well, and hey, you got Vancouver. That's a beautiful city. One of the best in all of North America. Thanks for your time, Dwayne. I really appreciate it. Can't wait for Touchdown Pacific. Excellent. Thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Take care. Dwayne Vanol, the president and CEO of the BC Lions. We got all the guests here. By the way, just came across. I knew about this yesterday, but I didn't want to say anything. And I have to tell you, folks, I'm damn, damn disappointed. Damn disappointed in this industry. This guy was a guest on our show, and I asked him to come on today, and he said, Ballsy won't be a good day. And he told me why, so I'm going to unveil it here. He was with us all year around the horn. Blue Jays report. The voice of the Toronto Blue Jays, Ben Wagner, one of the great up-and-coming broadcasters in this industry. An industry that continues to just needlessly destroy itself. I would say Zinger, and not because he's a friend of ours now, Ben Wagner, top five baseball radio voice. Yeah, and not to pump my own horns, I look... Like, I've listened to every single one, I'm sure, as you have, Ballsy, mm-hmm. every single radio voice in the majors, and I came to the conclusion around maybe July, August last year. Like, all my life I've been listening to these guys, but Ben Wagner is for sure, in my opinion, as far as how he calls a baseball game, top five in the world at calling baseball. Ken Korak from the uh, Oakland A's is right there. Yeah, it's just... Well, you know what? You know what else backs up what you just said? This guy didn't do road games. He he did road games, but he did them in the studio, which is ridiculous. He did them in the studio, and they mixed the audio under, and he did such a great job. He made it sound like he was there. Yeah, you would never have known if someone just 
turned it on and listened. And they and they and they cut him today. So he is out of work. I hope he lands on his feet. It's he uh, deserves to I'm be disgusted. The, actually, he deserves to be the voice of a major league baseball team. And I don't know if there's any openings out there or if someone's willing to move on from a current voice to make room for Ben. But like I just said, Paulsley, and you said he's top five in the majors, so he needs to land somewhere. And hopefully he does, because when he does, he will be, maybe he still will be, anyways, a a contributor. It it just makes me absolutely scratch my head, dude. Like, when you think about it, I I don't, radio is still the number one listened to media in the vehicle at 75%. It used to be up around 100%, so times have changed a bit, but still radio, There's and there's nothing like listening to radio baseball broadcast nothing like it nothing nothing like it and if you've got a good guy that could paint the word picture it's unbelievable it's a that's a sad day i hope he lands on his feet but yeah ben wagner no longer the voice of the toronto blue jays on the radio they still got a great tv voice and dan showman but who are they gonna get that's better than ben wagner like i can't wait to see them i know who it's gonna be do you i don't but i got a prediction okay i bet you it's showman's son Really? Yep. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. 620 CKRM is proud to be the official radio partner of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and your home for the hottest sports talk anywhere. This is the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. Here with Sean Kleisinger, hour number two. Buckle up, let's go. Hot up. Sports Cage shareholders, this is what you need to know. Here's the latest that I have on the Riders coaching search. We know Milanovic is out. I think his uh, window for negotiation and to offer him the job closes on Thursday, which is tomorrow. I'm hearing through some of the people contacting me, because I, believe it or not, have some people that contact me. Corey Mace is out too. That's what I've been hearing. So it looks like, if you read the tea leaves, it's Buck Pierce that has the decision to make. So you're saying, well, either they have made the decision and not announced it yet. We're not expecting an announcement today. I suspect it'll be tomorrow or Monday, as you said, Zinger. I don't think they're going to do it on a Friday. So, Buck Pierce has a decision to make. Either take the job in Saskatchewan... Or I have heard the Bombers are trying to somehow squeeze him some more dollars so that he could stay. And I've even heard there's a carrot that he's the next head coach in waiting in Winnipeg. That's what I've heard. So may come down to do you do you stay where you want to, you know, where you're accustomed to staying. You've been to four Grey Cups. You're a Western powerhouse. You're used to working with Kalaros. You know Mike O'Shea. If they can get you some more money, do you stay with that carrot and pass up a head coaching job right now? Or do you come here to Saskatchewan and try to take down your old buddies? You come on over. The waters are pretty warm here. Very interesting. Does he leave with Drew Brown and come here? Because if he comes here, you think he's bringing Drew Brown. I think that's what's going to happen. I don't. But then again... Jeremy O'Day, I think he likes Trevor Harris, and he would like to see what Trevor Harris could do. Maybe Trevor would have to take a haircut to stay so they could add some more pieces. 
I'd love to see what Trevor Harris can do. I'm a Trevor Harris fan. Yeah. I'm not sold on Drew Brown, but I'm not against Drew Brown. I'll tell you what, it's not a slam dunk. I basically what I'm telling telling you is I have no idea what's going on, but I'm hearing a bunch of different things. So there you go. I'm just passing along what I know. Okay? Bombers are trying all they can to keep Buck Pierce. But then again, suppose things go south and everybody gets fired in Winnipeg. I'm not saying it's going to happen. Like you, do you really mortgage? Do you really trust that down the line? Look what happened to our buddy Ben Wagner. Broadcasting is like sports. I've said that a lot of times. Do you just say, okay, I'm, I'm sticking with that. I'll stick with you guys. I trust you. Or you got a juicy job right here, maybe. Do I stick with this sweater tomorrow, too? My oh, John Gregory sweater? We're taking a picture of that. I'm going to have to wear this back-to-back days now. Hey, there's going to be a Labor Day game for the BC Lions. It's August 31st. It's at Royal Athletic Field in Victoria. Touchdown Pacific. The Lions and Bob Dice and the Ottawa Red Blacks. It's the Dice Bowl. Bob Dice is the head coach of Ottawa. His son, Tristan Dice, former receiver with the uh, with the Manitoba Bisons. He is a... Uh, He's an assistant coach with the British Columbia Lions. Are they rolling the dice when it comes to an East Coast team? Uh, yeah, I think, what do you think? That, I think that. I think it's that. done. It's done. done. You, you can't yeah, not yeah. play a game there yeah, next year. Stick a fork in it. It's over. <laughs> yeah, stick a fork in it. It's all over. that hard work. Yeah. You know, over the years with Touchdown Atlantic, and then you're just gonna mail it in. Yeah. Holy it's smokes! Done. It's done. that hurts. Hey, back to the Riders for a second. They've added three players. They re-signed Rodney Clemens, who was with the team. I think he made one start this year. Uh, Cole Coleman and Mark Fields, the second, also signing with the Rough Riders. Um, NHL, Corey Perry's cleared waivers. And he has now been officially terminated for conduct unbecoming a uh, standard NHL players contract. Now, the Kelseys, Jason Kelsey and Travis Kelsey do a popular podcast. I don't like to direct people anywhere, but, I mean, there's no ignoring it. It is a podcast world. You can get our podcast anywhere you want, the Sports Cage podcast. We've got lots of great guests, including Mark Recchi uh, tomorrow, along with... Paul Allen joining us tomorrow, too. Voice of the Minnesota Vikings. We'll have, actually, Dan Miller in the 5 o'clock hour. Voice of the Detroit Lions joining us. And the voice of the Colts is coming up on Friday to talk about the Colts' big-time starting. They're looking Jonathan good, Taylor yeah. Going yeah, down. Gardner Minshew. Who knew? Um, nice Midwest team yeah. for you, Ballsy. So, yeah, I, love, I like the Midwest team. So you got Travis Kelsey and Jason Kelsey, and they were talking about Connor Bedard, I think... This is like the rookie that the uh, the Blackhawks just got. I was talking about yeah, I'm Connor Bednard or Ben Bendard. I don't even know how to say his last name. I just know I love watching that dude play hockey. Um, <laughs> yeah. This is yeah, Bedard, <laughs> Kelsey Bedard. But you can't uh, blame you him. Sure about re- that? I think it's Bednard. Bednard, yeah. Uh, my uh, significant other watched the uh, Taylor Swift documentary on Netflix. Yeah. Predictably, I fell asleep. I couldn't watch it. I sat there with her, like she, much like she does with sports. For me, I just fell asleep. I usually here's what we do: if I gotta watch something that she wants, she rubs my head. If I've if she's gotta watch sports and all these guys are running around in their costumes and she likes to their say, costumes. <laughs> Even I fall asleep sometimes yeah. during sports, yeah. like the Monday night. Oh, I was terrible. Half time, but I, I usually ru- I I rub her feet, so we go back and forth. Right? It's so a nice dynamic. Go. I, I, I like that. That's good. That's good. Um, 
Tonight in the NHL, what do we got going in the NHL we got tonight? three games Yeah, tonight. that's right. We got three games tonight. Montreal taking on the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, Washington is at Los Angeles. And what's the other one, Zinger? I'm missing out. The Red Wings are oh, uh, right. at MSG versus those Rangers. I wonder if Patrick Kane's going to be in the yeah, lineup. We'll he was, Patrick uh, Kane is in the lineup. He was yeah. on the ice in the morning skate this morning. Yeah, he was. And oh boy, oh. yeah, it was on this day in 2009. It was a where you were moment. Um, I usually like hearing Chris Cuthbert call a game, but I would rather hear a cat going through a lawnmower. Listen to this. Substitution, too many men on the field, Saskatchewan. Oh my. That's a 10-yard penalty. They'll repeat first down. Duval gets a second chance from 33 yards out to win the 97th breakout. Ball down, ball through, and the Montreal Alouettes have come all the way back. And they are the 2009 Grey Cup champions. That one still makes me sick to my stomach. Do you, did you like? Do you remember? Some of the riders got hats on the sidelines. Where were you, Ballsy? When I that was happened? in my uh, ex-mother-in-law's basement. It went from there's. A, it was a couple of years where I wasn't on the rider broadcast because I was busy with the wolf and stuff. So I wasn't on the rider broadcast. So it went from a wedding-like situation where you're hugging each other. But I wasn't. I know football. I'm like, don't. No, 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 no. Montreal's getting another crack at this. And they went to a funeral-like situation. But it's remarkable, Zinger. People still, I think, Ryder fans that have been around for a long time and would remember both games, still figure 1976 to be worse. Yeah. Talk to Tony my, Gabriel. Talk to my dad. He'll give you 1976 as the worst any day of the week. Yeah, and I don't get that because I think it was because... And if... if if this was the NFL, they would be doing a Missing Rings documentary or a 30 for 30 on this particular game. Like, it just went away. It was because Grandpa Ken was our coach. And nobody, you know, you don't want to beat up an old man. Grandpa Ken was our coach. So Grandpa Ken helped us get over that because nobody wanted to, you know, did you know that Get Don? Mad. Did you know that Don Hewitt drove home after that game, and he had to be at work at like five in the morning. He drove home from Calgary. Yes, he's oh told God. me this before. How did he right get, after that game? How did he get home? I that would've... would be the most disgusting, depressing. Oh. Drive that a person would ever have to endure. Oh, hitting pe- the highway after that. Imagine, imagine the road rage. Oh, terrible. Oh, I couldn't stand Can it. You I imagine? Would've, I would have driven off the road and rolled my truck four I'll times. Never, I'll never forget. I was in grade 12. I was in grade 12 at the time. And my high school football team just finished up the season. We sucked. We got eliminated from the playoffs. I was already disgruntled. And I was sitting at my, I think she was my girlfriend. She still doesn't let me know if we were or not. But we were there watching the game. And I'll just never forget, everybody in the room was celebrating. And I'm going to pump my own tires again. I think I was the only one there that knew what was going on. And I told them, everybody just 
Sit down, okay? They're going to have a redo here because I think it's either we're offside or there's too many men on the field. Sure enough, too many men. Well, right where the flag was thrown in the end zone. And damn you, Sean Lucas! Sean Lucas! Damn you! That's who it was! I believe. I think so. And I was going to have him on for a where they know, but I decided, nope, no, you're, you were the guy. You're never coming you're on canceled. here. You're canceled. You're never coming on here. Remember that. Remember that. Uh, now, he shouldn't get too upset because Paul Police bears some of the blame because Paul Police's running game couldn't kill the clock. So it wasn't all Sean Lucas's fault, but you upstairs in the booth. You remember that? Yeah, was, you slap up your headset all you want. You like can that. slam that he thing. He was like that. He slamming his headset. That's not going to bring back our ring. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Anyways, that was 14 years ago. Yeah, 14 today. years ago. And you know what? 2007, we win a great cup. 2008, we have all those broken legs, and they start my... And Ken Miller loved him. He goes with Michael Bishop as the quarterback oh. and probably costs us a chance at the great cup. 2009, we won the great cup and didn't win it. 2010, it was a close game, but... The score kind of flattered us. We lost by three points in 2010 to Mark Tressman. 2013, we win the game. 2014, we probably win the Grey Cup, but oh. Daring gets hurt on that phantom penalty in Winnipeg. The phantom hit. You know what I'm saying? Like, we could, we have four Grey Cups, and we got Tony Gabriel on at the end of the show. Tony Gabriel cost us two Grey Cups. He had three catches at the end of the 72 game to set up the game-winning field goal at the buzzer. And then he had the 76 one. Why do all my teams break my heart? All of them. Every team. The Riders. The Chargers. The Bombers. Or the Bombers. The Padres. <laughs> I'm already hot enough. The Padres. <laughs> the Oilers. They all break my heart. So much so that I said... I like the Bombers? I've never liked the Bombers. I can't stand the Bombers. The Riders have won four great cups, and the Bombers have been to four straight great cups. Oh. Isn't that crazy? My tummy. Can you go to break? My tummy. Time now for the Cage Clutch Performer on 620 CKRM. Here come the Jets. They've got numbers. Appleton left circle looking for a trailer. It's Morrissey following. Saved by Unger. Domestikov with the Jets still on the attack. Crowd making some noise. Tipping Unger the save on Domestikov. Stars goalie Jake Ottinger made 27 saves for his first donut of the season as the Dallas Stars walked into Winnipeg and beat the Jets 2-0. And Ford, he's our clutch performer for Nick Service in Emerald Park, your local Massey Ferguson challenger, Rogator, Gleaner, and Fent dealer. Give him a call, 781-1077. Saskatchewan's best coverage of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders is on the sports cage, right here on the mighty 620 CKRM. Second and 10. There it is! This is history! If Brand can take it the distance, this will be the record! Brand for the fifth time has a pick six! It's never happened in the history of the NFL! Alright, one of my favorite guests, and I have a lot of them, but I like this guy, Andy McNamara, one of my NFL betting experts. How you doing today, Andy? 
Paulsy, doing good, my man. How are you? Doing great. Okay, so we got Thursday night football coming up, but before we get to that, a couple things I wanted to touch on. Man, was that an ugly. Joshua Dobbs looked like a, a journeyman quarterback against the Chicago Bears. 12 10 the score. And come on, the Bears got to yeah. the Bears got to get themselves a, a real franchise quarterback, don't they? Yeah, and you know what? They're going to be in a great position to do it because don't forget. Yep. Carolina Panthers, boy man, they're doing their best impression of my Cleveland Browns over the years. What a mess. You you suck. You gave up your first round pick to Chicago to who can now do whatever they want. Like Chicago can draft a quarterback. They can trade out of the spot and still draft the quarterback and get a ransom to build around that QB. They are in such a great spot, and the Carolina Panthers look like total schmucks who are just sitting there with a five foot eight QB. Love the guy's attitude, but ballsy mean you can have good attitudes too. Doesn't mean we should be playing quarterback in the NFL. You're right. right? You're right. And, and, and Frank Reich, I think, is a pretty good coach. Yes, he did get oh, fired. Yeah. He did get fired mid season last yeah. year with Indy and only lasted eleven games here. So it looks bad on him because that's the first time it's ever happened in NFL history. But but I will caution. It was the owner, the meddling owner, mm-hmm. that uh, you know made them yep. make the trades, uh, forced them to pick Bryce Young when he probably wanted yeah. to take C.J. Stroud, who is much better and has the it yes. factor. So it's it's David Tepper and the ownership. And I'll tell you what, a lot of these owners. They, they treat these teams, and they're prerogative because they bought the teams, but they mm-hmm. treat them like they're a boat or a summer house. They don't – just stay away from the football side of things. <laughs> I know. I know. And you know what? Hey, if you're a billionaire, you make your billions, this is your ultimate toy. Yeah. This is your own reality show. And they watch college football. They hear like, oh, so-and-so said this guy's really good. Leave it to the professionals that you hire. They could, they'll probably screw it up on their own. They don't need you meddling in it. And, you know, of course, that as soon as that pick was made, Ballsy, I knew that wasn't Frank Reich and Josh McCowan. Come on. You're telling me Frank Reich and Josh McCowan would take a 5'8 quarterback over C.J. Stroud, 6'3", 210. And, and we, we didn't expect him to play as well as he was. But certainly the pedigree is much higher. That guy is built for Frank Reich and Josh McCowan. Not Bryce Young. Seahawks Cowboys on Thursday night. That looks like it could be a decent game. How do you feel about those two teams? Because I'm not, listen, I think the Cowboys have talent. Uh, that Deron Bland, as we talked last time, guess who picked that one right? Right here. This you guy, got it. This guy right here. But I feel the Cowboys are like, I feel the Cowboys are like a paper tiger. They're good when the teams yeah. are bad. And when the teams are good, they're not so good. And the Seahawks, I'm not sure what to think of them either. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you. And, you know, the Cowboys will win this game at home. This is lining up very well for the Cowboys. For the Seahawks, they're just kind of hanging around now. And I think Geno Smith has come back down, certainly much better than he was before two years ago. But he's now kind of your settling into your mid-act quarterback. So the Seahawks are going to have some thinking to do in the offseason as well for the future, uh, having just extended Geno Smith. So this game, like if I'm looking at this from a betting side, Ballsy, I'm going to take like uh, any time touchdown from Tony Pollard, minus 165. I'm going to build off it, parlay it with uh, Stevie Lamb, anytime touchdown, minus 145, and kind of build off it. And you know why I might get a little nuts, too? I might do a plus 210 on Brandon Cooks, who is very quietly the last few games. Doesn't get a lot of touches, but he's been scoring touchdowns. So that's a little, you know, the, the odds are, are very much, the, the payouts aren't great with the Cowboys, but if you bundle a little bit here, you can have a nice payday. So we may have touched on this last time, I apologize, but it's worth doing it again. Lions and Saints this week. How do you feel about the Lions after once again pulling a mm. regular Detroit Lions and blowing it on Turkey Day? 
<laughs> yeah, right. Eh? <laughs> yeah. Now, you know what? Now you're in New Orleans who, you know, this is the, uh, as average team as you can get. Um, Lions come back in this one, I think, in a big way. And because Ann Campbell, the Lions head coach, is built towards rebound games. That's his attitude. That's his personality. The team is still doing great. You're still 8-3. It's not like you're in the toilet the other way around and the voice is going to be old. Doesn't this just seem like Dan Campbell could come in there and like you're embarrassed, they're like doing Vince McMahon tie? You're embarrassed, brother, you know, and yeah. come in and then build them up. <laughs> I see the Lions just, but making. I think this is a statement game for the Lions. I want as many shares of the Lions as I can take. They're four point favorites. I'd give them a touchdown if I was betting on the alt spread. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about there's a there's a few coaches that could be in the mix for coach of the year, and two of them mm-hmm. meet in Houston. D'Amico Ryan's and the Houston Texans hosting the Denver Broncos and Sean Payton. Listen, I'm not a, I'm not a huge Sean Payton fan in terms of his attitude, and you know whether you like Nathaniel Hackett or or not, he was unprofessional the yeah. way he called him out. Well, but but. You got a team that gave up 70 points and lost by 50, and now they're tied for the longest winning streak in the NFL, Broncos and Texans meeting. Yeah, and who would have thought this would have been an interesting game in Week 13, right? But it's it's very interesting. There's wild card implications on the line here big time. There is a log team in that wild card hunt in the AFC. And if it's me, if it's coach of the year, it's D'Amico Ryan's because, okay, the Broncos were Rashawn Payton. Look, you paid all that money. You got, you're supposed to be good, right? You're supposed to. Now the comeback, it has been impressive. The Houston Texans, they fired whoever the other coach was after one year. D'Amico's like, okay, let's see. Rookie quarterback, you know, this had like three and whatever written all over it. They're six and five. And you, not only that, you have C.J. Stroud playing at a historic level for a rookie QB. We haven't seen this before. Even the all-time greats. Look at Peyton Manning as a rookie. He led the league in interceptions. This is unbelievable. Uh, to me, if the season ended right now, it would be D'Amico Ryan's period for Coach of the Year. Uh, well, I don't know. I'm going to throw one in here right now. If the season ended today, how about Shane Steichen with the Indianapolis Colts? He's got, uh, he's yeah. got, a, he's got a grease fire owner. His his his, <laughs> his starting quarterback, who I think might be good but was a long shot, Anthony Richardson's out. He's in the playoffs right now or in the mix with Gardner Minshew. They take on the Ooh. Titans. They take on the Titans. I don't know. Shane Steichen deserves some love. That's not bad. Yeah, homeless Baker Mayfield, I call him. It just uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the best. <laughs> old, old Gardner Minshew, Baker, if he's, if he's dancing for nickels on the street corner. Yeah, hey, I got it. look. That is definitely impressive. Also, you have if we put on our fantasy football hat for a moment, make sure if you're a Jonathan Taylor owner, that does not look good for that thumb. Get yourself some Zach Moss in the lineup. Um, it, it, it's a good point. I just. I just feel with how how lousy we expected the Texans to be, I gotta give the edge to D'Amico Ryan's. But you're right, look, six and five right now, you are certainly overachieving with Gardner Minshew at the helm. Okay, so uh we'll get into some fantasy tips here, but the juicy of juiciest games. The Eagles hosting the 49ers. This one should be a Sunday oh. night game. They should flex this into Sunday night yeah. instead of crappy Chiefs and Packers. But oh. I'll tell you what, man, that what the Eagles have done in the last couple of weeks, the Chiefs, they come back 17-7 in the driving rain on the road, 17-7 against Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills in the driving rain. How about Elliott's kick from 58 yards away in, the, in a driving rain? And they play the Niners. This is going to be outstanding. 
Yeah, I thought you were going to say the one to watch was uh, Chargers. Uh, get, out uh, get out of here. Get out of here. Get out of here. Get out of here. You no, jerk. not so much. No. Well, hey, it could be that. Hey, that could be that. That we could be looking at the Chargers could be looking across the sidelines at their next coach, Bill Belichick. Oh, that now that's that's interesting for another day to talk about. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. But yeah. This twenty-five game, uh, 49ers Eagles, and I, what I can't believe is that the 49ers are three-point favorites. Like yeah. I, you're you're ten and one. You're at home if you're the Eagles. Like. There's no scenario where you should have any chip on your shoulder, where there's no media, nothing where you can have a chip on your shoulder, but the Eagles can. They can go in that locker room and say, guys, we lost one time, fluke, to the Jets. The 49ers lost three in a row this season. Now they've won three straight. They're coming into our house, and they're three-point favorites? Uh-uh. I don't think so. Niners don't necessarily, uh, historically don't travel well. This year's a bit different, of course. They got the, the town Brock Purdy back on track. I think it's going to be a heck of a game, but give me the Eagles all day long. I want the Eagles on, on everything. And whatever the, uh, uh odds of like first, whatever team scores first touchdown, mm. put it on the Eagles. I think they come out hot. Okay. Okay. So give us a couple of fantasy tips before we send you on your way, Andy McNamara. Oh boy! Well, like I said, you got to go. Look, it, it is I call it by Mageddon, by week hell in fantasy football. It's the last big stretch close to the fantasy playoffs. Ballsy, there's six teams on by. This is ugly. You go to the waiver wire. Oh my! Like I had to pick up my best option for a fill-in running back was Kenneth Gainwell for the Eagles. He's going to get me five fantasy points. Wow. He's going to get me five. And that was the best option. Wow. So you got to look. Zach Moss was available as of Tuesday, 50% of Yahoo leagues. You get yourself Zach Moss right now if you're able to. Um, you're going to have to dig deep a little bit. You might have to be going to Zeke Elliott. You might have to be going to Sam Pirine, who sneakily for the Broncos, you mentioned earlier, has got you 13, 14 fantasy points in consecutive weeks. So running backs are at a real premium. Tight end, um, you might have to be looking at a Conklin, an Ingram, uh, an Everett type, uh, and, and just hope they get a touchdown. Everything is touchdown dependent. So those are a few names to keep an eye on. Uh, and quarterback, too. Hey, Jordan Love, fantasy-wise, is back, and he was available in about 45% of leagues. So if you need QB help, or even just a stash for the playoffs, just in case. And so a teammate doesn't get Jordan Love is a good pickup. Load up. I'm not the expert like Andy McNamara, but I will tell you, I will tell you this. I'm an expert on the Chargers. Load up on Patriots on offense, Zeke Elliott, whatever, because Brandon Staley's got the biggest con job going. That's the worst defense, period, man. I like it. I got Ramondre Stevenson on one of my teams. So that, that looks good for me. Hey, where do they get a hold of you, Andy? Oh, get me on Twitter, X, at AndyMC81, at SickPodBrowns, Instagram, at AndyMCSport, and we will be live Sunday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern. We got all the betting tips, start tips, fantasy football, and, hey, if you're keen on the Browns, too, we got a little Browns-Rams set up for you as well. All right, it's 438 with your sports ticker, and it's brought to you by Bronco Plumbing and Heating, where professional service is guaranteed. They will treat you right. Just give them a call at 781 781- 2090, three games in the NHL tonight. The Montreal Canadiens are in Columbus to meet the Blue Jackets. Hockey Hall of Famer Mark Racky, he's an assistant coach with Columbus, and Mark Racky will be joining Michael Ball tomorrow here on the Sports Cage. Patrick Kane and the Detroit Red Wings, that's still a little weird, weird to say. They are in the Big Apple at MSG, taking on the New York Rangers tonight. And the Washington Capitals are in L.A. tonight, matching up with the L.A. Kings and and and. The NBA, the Toronto Raptors, they are on the home court versus the Phoenix Suns. That's 
about the tip-off in Toronto. The Sports Cage is your voice for football, not only in the province, but around Canada. This is the Sports Cage CFL Report, a look at what's happening in our three-down game. All right, so uh, this is just a rumor mill that I'm hearing, okay? So I just tell you what I'm hearing. My ears to the CFL ground, so I got all the hot rumors. I'm like, how do I put this? Like, it's TMZ. What can we call it? I don't know. couldn't call it, like, CMZ. Uh, We could just call it Hot Dog. (laughs) How about that? (laughs) We didn't really put our heads together. Anyway, uh... Rumor mill. That's from Mickey Mouse, by the way. I know that because I watch a lot of it. Because you have a two-year-old kid. Uh, Rumor has it that Corey Mace is out of the running as the Riders' head coach. So if you're reading the tea leaves, Milanovic is out. Milanovic's uh, window officially closes tomorrow, right? They had two weeks from when they talked to him, so he's... Done. I don't. From what I'm hearing, never even made it to Regina. Like they just talked on the phone. Never even made it for a formal interview process. Corey Mace, according to things I'm hearing, is out of the running for the Riders' head coaching job. So reading the tea leaves here, it looks like Buck Pierce has a decision to make: take the job with the Rough Riders, his first ever head coaching job, or stay in Winnipeg. Because I'm hearing that the at Winnipeg Blue Bombers, as I put on Twitter, have some cash to keep him in the fold and tell him he's the coach in waiting, the head coach in waiting. Now, do you, how long is O'Shea going to coach for? He usually goes on a year-to-year deal. Maybe O'Shea's out after this year. I don't know. And do you believe that? Like, you got, this is a gamble for Buck Pierce. Do you stay where you're comfortable, where you know everybody? Or do you take your show, you're ready to go, you're ready to fly, put your own staff together and come to Saskatchewan? Well, what are we going to do if we don't get Pierce or Mace? Maybe the deal. Hey, listen. What, what happens then? Listen, listen. Don't panic. Maybe these are. I am. I'm panicking. These are rumors, and they're not. It's not gospel. But I've got some pretty reliable people talking to me that that's what they're hearing. So I'm just telling you what I'm hearing. So I don't. Maybe it's already done. Maybe they just got to dot a couple of eyes and cross a couple of T's, and he's here. Woo! Or maybe he stays in Winnipeg, where he's accustomed to everything. I think his wife's from Winnipeg, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, yeah, he stays there. I find it kind of hilarious, though, Ryder fans saying that they want a fan favorite as their next head coach. A fan favorite as in a former Winnipeg Blue Bomber quarterback and a Winnipeg Blue Bomber coach. That's all of a sudden a fan favorite. What's the definition of a fan favorite anymore? And before that, remember when he was the quarterback, not only of the Bombers, but before that, the BC Lions were our hottest competitors, and he was a quarterback of the BC Lions. I got. He's not a fan favorite. Is there a dictionary where I can look up Ryder fan? Yeah. Fan favorite. And I'm pretty sure it does not say former Winnipeg Blue now, Bomber in fairness, quarterback. In, in fairness to fans saying that, Luke Mulliner met him on the plane two days ago and said he's a really nice guy. Well, in that aspect, maybe he is a fan favorite. Yeah, he could be, but Corey Mace is a great guy, too. I I was just laughing how people were dismissing Corey Mace. Dude has three Grey Cups. That's more than Buck Pierce has, mm. and he's got one as a player, two as a coach. So don't say one guy's better than the other. Just pick your poison, but now I have no idea. Who knows? It could be Skovalanovic. <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. Uh, we aren't finding out today. I would suspect it's tomorrow or Monday. Well, if it's not Buck Pierce or Mace... It could you, go into the middle of December. You, you could kiss a head coach being in place by the end of November. Goodbye. That's yeah. not going to happen. Yeah. Tomorrow's the last day of November, Ballsy. I'm pretty sure, yep. Tomorrow's payday. 
Oh, it that's is. Why, yeah, it's good. That's I always, why know, I I always know. know when payday is and recycling day. <laughs> yeah. Hey, the uh, so you can weigh in 936-6262-1866-767-0620, the numbers to call, or you could text that number at 936-6262. Another big announcement today in the CFL, Zinger. We have a text here. Okay, about go this. ahead, read it. Kelly says, I'm not saying uh, that. It isn't either one of these guys you're talking about, but if it's not one of those guys, who is it going to be? Well, that's kind of like, thanks for the text, Kelly. That's what I was saying, though. If it's not one of those dudes, like, is it back to square one in the interviewing process? So if it, let's let's go in a hypothetical world, yeah, but it's not that. any of those guys, yeah, okay? Go. So it's not Milanovic, and it's not Mace, and it's not Pierce. And we don't know that, but it's none of those guys. Who are you going with? I said Tressman all along. Or I said Mark Mueller. Or I said, which, if I had to pick between Tressman and Mueller, I'm taking Tressman. But I'd go Tressman. How about Richie Hall? I would go with Mark Tressman. You would make him the head coach, the offensive coordinator. You would have to give him a nice bundle of, of coins, though. Yeah, like 400. That. 400. Yeah, that. <sighs> 400. I don't like this coaching cap, you know? No, and, and actually, I'm like glad. Like, if you brought in Mark Tressman, and I'm you, glad you might you as well, like, find a rabbit on the street glad you brought that us. up. We have talked about this. So, everybody says, oh, Mike O'Shea. Mike O'Shea's the guy. Mike O'Shea's the, he's the, uh. He's the coach everybody looks up to now, the new Wally Buono. Well, he isn't a fan of the CFL's operations cap. Nobody likes it from a coaching standpoint, but our staff would say we're suffering the most in that regard. I brought it up last last year. Nothing really gets done. Uh, O'Shea goes on to say, um, you know, the Bombers, they've been a four consecutive Grey Cups. It makes it challenging for assistant coaches and other staff members to get raises that they've earned. It stinks for our staff. The entire staff deserves to be top paid in their group. You can't argue that. Um, same thing happened to Dave Dickinson back in the day with the Stampeders when they were going to all those great cups. Zinger, this is the dumbest of dumb things the CFL has done. This is the dumbest thing the CFL has done. Right. Implementing an operations cap. Not the cap itself. The money's too low. Listen, in, in anything, if you don't invest in your product, then, like, if you don't care about your product, nobody else will. And coaching is a really big component. You know how embarrassing it is that an FCS school, like my sons at UND, have more coaches and more resources than a professional football team. That is flat out embarrassing. Even D2 schools have more coaches than a CFL team. Come on, man. Like, you know what? Maybe look at your whole operation and decide, okay, what's important? Well, the product's important on the field. What's a big part of the product? The coaching. Like, that, that's saying a lot too. It being the dumbest thing in the CFL because there's something called this global ah. initiative. So when you say that, that is the worst thing to happen. That's saying a lot. We have a text here on the text line three zero six nine three six six two six two. Always thought Paul Lapalise would have been in the running for the head coach from an unnamed text. Well, uh, oh, please, oh, no, Paul App. I'd rather bring in Kevin Mason to be the head coach than Paul App. Kevin Mason. I would. Like, you sure a, you meant- how many times is Paul App police going to be recycled through the system? Nah, it's, enough's uh, enough already, please. Yeah, no, if you want a field goal offense, you get Paul App police. No, no, no. I'm not, I'm not for we that. We just finished talking about the yeah. 2009 Grey Cup. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna what? Hire him on the anniversary of the day? He was okay. He was okay, and he was okay in Winnipeg. Ooh. A flat out failure in Ottawa. 
And I don't care oh. if his quarterback got hurt. Flat out failure. My no, heart rate. No, I wouldn't want him as a head coach, but but um O'Day did want to interview him, remember? Oh, uh, the please. first time around. Please. Serenity now. But who knows? Where do you go? <laughs> Kahari Jones? Where do you go? You can't hire a guy that just was cut as an offensive coordinator in the league. He was just fired as an OC. What's he going to do? Pick up Zinger. A, a, Zinger. an Zinger. HC job? Zinger. That's Let, the way the business works? Let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. Who is your... If this doesn't go... Listen, it could be down. It could be Buck Pierce. We could all be... I could just be talking out of my you-know-what. But if it's not Buck Pierce and it's not Corey Mace, and we know it's not Milanovic, who? Who's the guy? Who's the guy? Kahari Jones is not glamorous, but he was decent in Montreal. I mean, but I wouldn't say he's any better than Paul LaPolice. Mark Washington was on their list. Jordan McSimmick was on their list. Uh, Brent Monson was on their list. I really don't have an answer. Mark Killam was on their list. I don't I don't know. <laughs> like, you're not going to put Kelly Jeffrey as the head coach. He's one year as the OC. No. That's not going to fly. I don't know. I think there's only two options, and if it's not that, maybe yourself, Bossy, should go. Should go in there. Well, I, I think I'm. I, I act like that I'm smart nice enough to hat. be a coach. Maybe him. A nice, yeah, there he is. <laughs> hey, uh, the other thing that came out in the CFL today, and this is good news: touchdown Pacific, as it's going to be the BC Lions against the Ottawa Red Blacks. Is it good news? Uh, August 31st. Well, it is for there, and you got to give Amar Doman credit. He's trying to make them the BC Lions. Yeah, you, I can respect that part of it, but you could just slip the dagger right into. T- Touchdown Atlantic and the Atlantic Schooners it's because over. they're it's not going to do no, two over. games coast to coast. No, no, no. It's over. So what, what were all these games about the past decade or whatever? Dating back to like 2005. I was in elementary school when these guys were playing on the East Coast. Wow, dude. And now all of a sudden they're just going to put a knife in it? How many years? Well, have, how many? The, all the dollars wasted. All these reports. You, you can't give up on it now. Well, if you were intent on having... Who am I kidding? They've been talking about this since like 1981, my dad told me. They've had the schooner room for years at the Grey Cup. Kudos to those fans. But, Zinger... Well, it's time to shut down that room already. (laughs) Like, holy smokes, they're not going to get a team. Well, it's... It's amazing to me how that room's allowed. No. (laughs) (laughs) I actually like it. It's Canadiana. But here's the thing. You're right. It's done. Like if you're not if you're not continuing to get energy, like why would you go away from Atlantic Canada if you are on the verge or talking intently with a with a you know a, a big time owner? Which Randy Ambrosi said it's done. Well, maybe I'm wrong. It's maybe over. Maybe we're wrong. They could do touchdown Atlantic and Pacific, but I just don't see it happening. That's like too many Grey Cups to plan for, and the main Grey Cup to plan for in one calendar. CFL season. I think that's. Just I don't a little care bit too what much. they do. Just keep the riders out of it. Let somebody else yeah. go and cover the. Do that, okay? And, and let's, let's see a, how it works out. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. Everybody says the riders aren't the flagship team. All oh, the riders, you guys say no. Why have we been to two touchdown Atlanta games? I thought we'd actually be at this game, but we can't play two games on one weekend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they probably tried it upon us. It's like, are you sure you guys can't do this? Yeah, can't you bring? We your... need. Play- People to come. Yeah, tell you what, here's what we're gonna do. You just dress your practice roster guys in jerseys and bring them to B to BC so that we can have fans come travel. Because Ryder fans will go anywhere. Build it, you build it, they will come. Okay, well, that's feel the dreams, right? I just want a coach. Can we have a coach announcement tomorrow? It's can gonna we... either be tomorrow or Monday. I'm embar- no Friday news I'm, dumps. I'm I'm sad 
and embarrassed for you because you wore your value village John Gregory 1989 Grey Cup sweater. Look, I'm embarrassed enough that it didn't happen today, okay? Don't rub it in. And you wore it because you, like you thought there'd be a trash. You thought there'd be a coaching Even these people walking by a corner 12th and yeah. Rose, they're looking back, looking yeah. at me. I was like, what yeah. is this guy? Okay. They could probably smell this sweater from out there. Yeah, they right. smell it through the windows. Okay, go over there in the corner. Take your headset off. Go over there in the corner. I can't do this. No, no, get Just over Just give me a call when we get a head coach. Okay, get over there, and I want you to stand in the corner, and I want you to pretend that you're watching... Uh, Dave Ridgway kicked the field goal, and I want you to jump in the air and see if you can jump higher than John Gregory's two centimeters. Okay, ready? Go. Here's the snap. The hold. The kick is on the way from 35 yards, and it is good. You made it three centimeters. That's awesome. Oh man, can we? This is how, this is where this show's gone to. We are hysterical, nutty, and out of our minds because the riders don't have a coach. You know who the coach could be? Who? I made it back. You know who the coach could be? We haven't seen enough of him on the screen. Why not Gainer? Yeah. Maybe that's what their plan is all along. That's why they were saving him for the past decade. <laughs> you know, they were saving his energy. It's because they told him, hey, eventually you're going to be the HC boy, so you better save those legs. Well, if he's going to be the HC, save those he, energy. He, he doesn't talk. He doesn't talk, right? But he had those real mean eyes that everybody was scared of. They better put that, those mean eyes back in, in Gaynor's head if he's the head coach. Oh, we'll yeah. take a break and be back with more of the Sports Cage in a moment on 620 CKRM. We're Saskatchewan Sports Fans come to talk. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the Sports Cage Corner of 12th and Rose, uh, Michael Ball, and Sean Kleisinger uh, joining you here wherever you're listening, however you're listening. Thanks for making us part of your day. Bert sends in a text. Uh, you're wearing that John Gregory uh, sweater. Does he have one too? Yeah, Bert Wilson texted in. He has himself a nice John Gregory jersey. He says it's part of his quote unquote private collection. So I mean, it's not so private, Bert, if you're yeah. sending me texts of it. Yeah. What's your favorite uh, piece of memorabilia you got rider-related? Is it that one? Your dad's old uh, Gregory sweater, all joking aside? Uh, this one comes to mind, and my very first ever rider jersey I got in 96. It's a Kevin Mason jersey. I've got uh, one the team gave me when I became the play-by-play guy last year. Mm-hmm. It says ball 22 on it. That's my favorite. Yeah, that's a nice one. That means that. a lot. And uh, I hope my son gives me, if he ever makes the league, gives me a jersey. Yeah. But I want his But I want his Riffle Royals hat. He's got his Riffle Royals helmet Yeah. that I bought for him. Mm-hmm. I got mine, too. I paid for that, so I should get it. I paid for mine, too. Well, his mom and I paid for it. We might have to fight over it. Anyway, we're going to take a break. We'll be back. And on the other side, after 5 o'clock, what you need to know, Detroit Lions announcer Dan Miller, Glenn Suter, and Tony Gabriel walk down memory lane. Where are they now? It's the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Sports Talk lives here. Welcome to another hour of the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. 
Parat! Sports Cage shareholders, this is what you need to know. Rumor mill is cooking. The rumor mill is cooking. If you smell what the writers got cooking. Hopefully we'll find out soon. Hey, I got people over here, and I got people over there, and they're like, Ballsy, what's going on? And I got this person saying it's going to be this guy. And I got this person saying it's going to be this guy. So here's what I've been told. It's the rumor mill. It's not factual. I am not saying it's a lock. I'm going to tell you this. I said it from day one. I'll say it again. I predicted on this show, much to the dismay of some of the fan base, that the head coach of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders would be Corey Mace, the D coordinator with the Toronto Argonauts. I was the guy that said, I can't believe people are poo-pooing this. He's underwhelming. Really, he's got three great cup rings. Our team is four. One is a player, two is a coach. He outcoached Buck Pearson, the Grey Cup, here last year, if you remember, on our own home turf, Grey Cup 109, okay? So for you to say Buck Pierce is the all-world and Corey Mace isn't, come on. But then I'm hearing, I heard, looks like Corey Mace is out of the running for the head coach. That's a rumor I heard from somebody in the league. Rumor once again, and my job is to tell you what I'm hearing, is it not? So it's a rumor in the league that Corey Mace is out. And if Scott Milanovic is out, which we've been told, and his window to get him in a contract is tomorrow, that would lead you to believe there's one guy left. Apparently. Allegedly. So the rumor has it. And if that's the case, it's Buck Pierce. And if it's Buck Pierce, he's got a decision to make what I'm hearing. He either takes the Riders gig, which would be a great gig, and he's the guy. Does he bring Drew Brown? Who knows? What happens? There's a chain of events. Well, who's his coaching staff? But he takes the job or he stays in Winnipeg. And remember a couple of days ago I said, what if Milanovic stays in Hamilton and goes as the head coach and, and Orlando goes upstairs? Another rumor I heard. What if Buck Pierce stays in Winnipeg and becomes the head coach? And what if Corey Mace ends up in Saskatchewan? Another speculative piece right here on the sports cage. Well, Buck Pierce, reading the tea leaves, if all these rumors are accurate, it's again rumors, not factual, he has a decision to make. He comes to the riders and starts his career, maybe successful, and takes down his old guys, the juggernauts, the bombers. Four-time West champs going to the Great Cup. Or he stays in Winnipeg where they have some money. They've been known to go around the salary cap, too, if you know what I mean. They, they find some money for him. And say, hey, you're the next head coach in waiting. Because they've re-signed all their dudes, right? Kyle Walters, Ted Gavaya, Danny McManus, and O'Shea stays as the coach. But O'Shea just goes, I believe, by year on year. He just does it year by year by year, his contract. So, hey, you're the coach in waiting. So maybe Buck Pierce stays where he decides is more comfortable for him and his family. And then who knows where the coaching search goes. That's just the rumors out there. I could be totally wrong. Maybe Milanovic comes here tomorrow and he's the head coach. Who knows? That's just what I'm hearing. That's my job to throw it out to you. Take it for what you want. My prediction all along was Corey Mace, head coach of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And I'd be damn fine with that. Mark Mueller comes as OC. I'd be happy if he kept Kent Majuri as a special teams coordinator. Because I really like Kent Majuri. 
I like Jason Shivers, too. Don't get me wrong. I think Shives uh, had a lot of injuries on his defense, and it collapsed. Midseason, wasn't I saying he and uh, Ryan Phillips were the assistant coaches of the year, and then both of their defense kind of went south. Mm Mm-hmm. Phillips not so much as uh, Shivers here in Saskatchewan, Phillips in B.C. So, I'd be okay with Mace, Mueller, Majuri. Who knows? I hope we find out tomorrow. I hope we find out Friday. I hope we find out at the end of the week. Well, Jeremy O'Day said by the end of November, so that would be tomorrow. And I'm okay with that because, God, I'm getting tired of all these rumors. Mm-hmm. I'm getting tired of all these rumors, Zinger. Too many rumors Too in many one rumors. week. That's, just, all the, that's all they are. Yeah. They're just rumors. Rumor mill. It's called the rumor mill for a reason. It's yeah. not the fact mill. No. <laughs> no, no, no. I'll tell you the fact mill. This from the fact mill. The Detroit Lions are 8-3. and three. Let me say that again slowly. The Detroit Lions are eight and three. Wow! They're coming off a uh, Barry Sanders. They're coming back off. The team? They're coming off uh, stubbing their toe against that cocky Sean Kleisinger and his Packers. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk to the voice of the Detroit Lions next, Dan Miller. You're listening to the Sports Cage and the Voice of Saskatchewan, six twenty CKRM. It's time to step into the radio octagon. You're tuned to the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. Second and goal from the two. Goff turns, gives to Gibbs, pitches left, trying to get the angle left side to the end zone. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. Jared leans in, takes the snap back, looking, throwing, end zone. It is caught. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. Amon Ross, St. Brown. All right, get a chance in this job to talk to uh, a lot of guys in my profession, and uh, you know, I, I like to uh, you know do a little uh, searching when I'm when I'm doing this job, just kind of picking from guys here and there. We've had the likes of Wayne Larravee on, Mitch Holfus, and now we got Dan Miller, the radio play-by-play voice of the Detroit Lions. Welcome to the show, Dan. How you doing? Good afternoon. How exciting is this for you, man? You've been the voice of the Lions for a long time. You've seen some, how do I put this, less than spectacular football. So a season like this, or the last uh, couple, I guess, because they had a nice end of the year, must be a dream for you in the broadcast booth. It is. I mean, it's been fun, and obviously it's exciting, and it, it provides you with a lot of electricity up there, but Honestly, I think the best part is just seeing how the fans have reacted to this and and what it means to them because they've been through a lot of years of disappointment and getting their hopes up and only having them dashed. And to see them kind of see this and and be able to feel like there's something being built here with some staying power and that it's being built appropriately is, is really probably the best part of the job. Dan, in your time, what's your most memorable call? Do you have a favorite call or two you like? Uh, probably, yeah. I mean, we had an overtime win over Minnesota on a Matthew Stafford pass to, to Golden Tate at Minnesota that um, is probably the one that people will mention to me the most when, when I mm-hmm. you know, am out and about if, if, if something like that ever comes up and um, we had a, a call in 2011 when we made the playoffs three years after our 0-16 season when Cliff Averill intercepted a pass and took it back for a touchdown that, that locked down a playoff spot, and, and that was exciting. So, I mean, probably those are the two that, that jump out. And, and on the negative side, it would be 
a 66-yard field goal to beat us and a Hail Mary by Aaron Rodgers to beat us on a final play of a Thursday night game. So there's there's some that stand out for different reasons. Dan Miller, the outstanding uh, radio play-by-play voice of the Detroit Lions. In that job that you hold, and I know it too, you get to meet these guys intimately behind the scenes. You know more than the average fan. So how happy were you to see Matt Stafford go and win a Super Bowl after, you know, uh, slugging away there in uh, in the Rust Belt for so long? Yeah, very happy for him. I mean, obviously, I wish he had been able to do it here. Uh, That didn't work out. But I, you know, look, I was fortunate enough to to have a Monday session with Matthew where we'd tape something for the TV job that I have every Monday. And, you know, I would see him walk in there. I'd see the physical condition he was coming out of some of those games and, and just how beat up he was. And I know he left everything on that field. You know, heart, soul, blood, sweat, tears, literally all of it. Um, and, I, you know, I, I know what it means to him, and I know, you know, what he's given to the game. So to see him do that was was meaningful. And, um, you know, I, I want to see the Lions get one here, but I think for a lot of people that resonated in, in seeing him get that done finally because we know that he never did anything here but give his absolute best. I watched the Lions' hard knocks. Uh, I really like Dan Campbell, but uh, you deal with him on a more personal basis. Just let my listeners know what Dan Campbell's really like. I like that guy. Well, you saw what he is. He he doesn't change. Um, There's no difference in Dan Campbell if you're having a cup of coffee or standing off to the side just talking about the weather or – doing an interview talking about football or, or he's up at the podium addressing the media. He is as consistent as any coach I've been around in 42 years in this business. And I think the players appreciate that. I think the people in the organization appreciate that. He's just a, uh, what you see is what you get. It's not going to BS anybody. He is just an honest guy. And I think at the core, he's a very good guy. And I think that that resonates with players as well. So, um, if you watched that and, and you saw him, what you saw is exactly the guy that he is. There, there's, he doesn't change when the camera goes on, and that's a really cool thing. This sounds weird, okay? You're, the team is 8-3, and three, but you're coming off, uh, you know, some would say a Detroit Lions-like loss on home turf on Turkey Day to the Green Bay Packers. And by that, I mean, you know, teams... Back in the day, how do we feel about the Lions now? You know, there's a little bit of doom and gloom outside the building, which is kind of weird for an eight and three team. Yeah, I mean there is, but that's kind of the way this league goes. Uh, you know, you win and everything feels like it's great, even if it's not, and and you lose and everything feels like it's you know going south, even if it's not. So, um, look, this team has not lost two games in a row since early in 2022. Uh, they haven't lost two in a row over the last 21. So we're going to see this weekend if they can bounce back. And it's, you know, they've had three weeks where they really haven't played that well, beating the Chargers, beating the Bears, then losing to the Packers. So they got to get back to playing the kind of football that they're capable of that, that has allowed them to get out to the Satan three record. But it's kind of a, it's kind of a two pronged thing. You want to improve and, and, drill down on everything that's going wrong, but also remember that you are 8-3, you are leading the division by two-plus games, and there's a lot of good things that have happened, and you're capable of doing a lot of good things. So you, you can't ride the roller coaster that this league offers you every year. you got to try to just take it week by week, keep it business-like, take care of the things that need to be taken care of, 
and try not to let anything snowball on you. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm a huge uh, follower or big fan of Jared Goff, but uh, and I'm not a degen- uh, degenerate gambler, Dan, but I did put money down on Jared Goff to be the MVP uh, two weeks into the season. I, I said, I think Jared Goff could be the MVP of this league. As the play-by-play man, uh, anything surprise you about him that you didn't know, like maybe from the outside okay, and now you learn something different about Jared Goff as the quarterback of the Lions? You know, it, it's been... We could talk for a long time about that because it's been a really interesting three years when he got here after being cast off by the Rams and and did nothing but lose early while the Rams did nothing but win in that first year he was here and Stafford was in L.A. So um, we've seen him toughen up. We have seen. Look, I, I'll go back to something he said. We did a preseason show, and one of my co-hosts asked him, "What have you learned about yourself?" in the two-plus years that you've been in Detroit. He he said we could do hours on that. He said, but two things stand out. One, sometimes the thing you think is the worst thing in the world is the best thing in the world. And two, I'm a lot tougher than I thought I was. Uh, He's been through a lot. Uh, It's been emotional, physical, all those things. But the one thing is when everything's right around him and they've built an offensive line and given him a lot of weapons, he's a heck of a quarterback. His downfall can be his turnovers, and we've seen that recently. Uh, We saw it last year, and then he kind of corralled it, and they were the least – they turned it over the least of any team in the league, and he had, you know, the third-best streak all time of not being intercepted. So, um, look, he's perfectly capable of winning big games and doing a lot of things, but there's not a ton of margin for error there when it comes to turning the ball over, as there isn't for a lot of teams in the NFL. So – you know, this guy's battled through a lot. He is a good leader. Players love him. And he's played at a really high level in helping this team win 16 of the last 21 games. This is Dan Miller, voice of the Detroit Lions. couple more quick questions for him. You've got the New Orleans Saints on tap. I really, like, Derek Carr, I thought was, like, right around a top-10 quarterback. Didn't get a lot of defensive help with the Raiders. He's got more defensive help with the Saints, but he hasn't been as good. Is that a head-scratcher for you when you're doing your prep? Yeah, a little bit, but they've also had some injuries that have taken away some of his weapons. I mean, Michael Thomas has not been healthy, and they've had to put him on injured reserve. And uh, now Alave went out this past week with a concussion. Don't know if he's going to play this week. Um, he seems to like a guy to me who is very capable, but also has not found that consistent level that the best quarterbacks in this league find. The guys that, that you really look at and say week to week, they're going to be able to do it. So uh, certainly you go in there absolutely respectful of the fact that he can torch you if you don't find some way to put some pressure on him and make him uncomfortable. But I think if, if anybody was kind of writing a book on him, they'd say really talented, but the consistency hasn't always been there. And in fairness to him, look, I mean, there were some questionable teams that he was on and some questionable personnel decisions that are around him for the past couple of years. So, um, sometimes you have to look at that as much as looking at the individual. Lastly, Dan, you know, you look at the uh, NFC, you got the Lions obviously 8 and 3, and then you look at two of the juggernauts, the uh the 10 and 1 Eagles and the 49ers getting back on a bit of a roll. Uh, I know you uh concentrate on your game and that's the biggest one of the week, but I'm sure you'll have an eye on that one. How do you see that one shaping up? Yeah, I mean, I I it's in Philadelphia, I believe, and I yeah. I give the Eagles the edge being at home, and I just think that right now they are playing at a high level. Great win over Buffalo this past week. Come from behind victory. They don't blink. They've added to that defense. 
quarterbacks playing at a high level. They can run it. They can throw it. They've got weapons everywhere. Um, they're right now the team to beat. And I think San Francisco's good. But I, if you're telling me I got to pick between those two going to Philadelphia, I'm going to go with the team at home. And, and right now I've just seen them. And they're in a tough part of their schedule. But so far they've weathered it. And I, you know, given my choice between the two, I'd say they're going to weather it again this weekend. Well, thanks for your time, Dan. Have a great call. Lions versus the New Orleans Saints. Love to call on you again sometime. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. What a great guy. One of the best announcers in the NFL, too. He is, man. Like That's him. awesome. Can you imagine being him for all those years? He's been the announcer for since 2005 and all the crappy football that he's seen. Yeah. Like, to have a great year like that. That's what I hope for this year with the Rough Riders. Get me a head coach. Get me a good leader of men. Let's get going here. Let's have Trevor Harris or whoever healthy. for. Like I think Trevor Harris the guy. Yeah. Get Trevor Harris healthy. Get some linemen. Let's go. We got a good receiving core. Let's go. Let's so roll. Dan Miller, he was the, the voice since 2005, you say? Yep. That was the year. That, Off and that, on. Like, he did some preseason yeah. games earlier, That was too. the year Detroit hosted the Super Bowl. With uh, your with the Steelers against the Seahawks, yeah, Super Bowl forty. Heinz Ward technically the, would have been in two thousand six. Is that the Heinz Ward touchdown pass where he threw it? Yes. yes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Matt Hasselbeck. Yeah. Those ugly Seahawks unis. Yeah. Those man. are ugly. Those were bad uniforms, huh? Whether you like them or not, Steelers have classic unis. Oh, I respect the those, Steelers. Those unis. are classic unis. I actually w- didn't like the fact they only had one decal on the side of their helmet, but yeah, I, I, I like it. that. It kind of stands out. Yeah, I like apparently, it. it's like that because their old equipment manager just slapped one on one side of the helmet, and then ever since then, they just kept it that way. It's too cheap. It's too cheap. Wow. What are the little diamonds like? You know, like the is it red, blue, and yellow, or whatever? Like, what is that little dot? Like, what it, do they it, signify? It represents three rivers, or it what? represents uh, steel, something on the periodic table, or something oh, okay. like that. I'm pretty sure. Since it's the steel you're like City. Bill Nye, the science guy. Yeah. Sean Kleisinger, the sports cage science guy. Um, let's read this text. You got Zinger at nine three six sixty two sixty two. Now try to read it. John Gregory forgot his glasses here. He's got the John Gregory sweater on, but he didn't wear his Coke bottle glasses. So go ahead. And this is just the official. The Steelers logo is based on the Steel Mark logo belonging to the American Iron and Steel Institute. Okay. So along the lines of what I was talking Boring. about, not not quite the same, but uh, uh, we got a text from. So Steven. nothing like you were talking about. <laughs> yeah, nothing. I, I <laughs> had mentioned nothing so- to do, had nothing to do with the periodic table, but it was kind of like. Science. It's kind of like when I when I talk rumors about the CFL. It's not factual. They're rumors. It's what I'm hearing. Yeah, Stephen has a rumor on the text line. Says that sources tell me Mark Washington is on his way. Buck will stay in Winnipeg due to personal reasons. And I don't know what the latter means. Okay, so don't read it. Mm. Mark Washington on his way. Yeah. Wow. Maybe June Jones. See, just... this is this is called the rumor mill. Yeah. Not yeah. the fact mill. Not the fact mill. Ken Austin, maybe. Maybe. Mark Dressman. Kevin Mason. Ken, you know, that's why we're... What we're doing is we're putting pressure on the riders to announce it so we don't come up with these rumors. Gainer the gopher. Yeah. Maybe the flame comes back. Lights a fire under the team on the sidelines with the flame hat. Maybe it's... Fat Cat. <laughs> <laughs> Go to break. Maybe Leonard? No. Go And we are back with your sports ticker. It's 532 inside the sports cage. And the sports ticker is brought to you by Busy Bee Overhead Doors. Busy Bee will repair or replace your residential or commercial garage door so you don't get stuck in or out. Catch the buzz. 
Busy B Doors, the garage door specialists. Three games in the NHL tonight. The Montreal Canadiens are in Columbus. The Red Wings at the New York Rangers. And the Washington Capitals are in Los Angeles tonight to match up with the Kings. Let's head ringside and check in with the oldest major junior hockey team in Canada. This is Pat Chats from your official voice of the Regina Pats. 620 CKRM. Pat Chat brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Get the best flock and chicken wing special in town with 69 cent wings all day, every Wednesday and Sunday, with a feature wing flavor of the month every month. And we're joined on the phone by Dante DeCaria. Dante, the team in a bit of a. Well, they haven't been very successful the last, what are they, 3 and 13 in their last 16 or something like that? It's It's been a bit of a struggle. Just your thoughts from the broadcast booth. Yeah, the team looks to snap a five-game losing streak on Friday when they take on the Brandon Wheat Kings. And, I mean, I guess on a good note, the Regina Pats are 3-1 and one against the Brandon Wheat Kings this year. So hopefully that bodes well for them on Friday. But my thoughts have been this. I thought Wednesday was a tough game. You lose 8 nothing to the Medicine Pat. But I think Friday's game was pretty good despite losing 4-2 to Edmonton. And then Saturday's game, I thought the Regina Pats were the better team for the full 60 minutes. But they lost 3-2 on a couple of bad bounces in front of the net. So, uh, unfortunately, Michael, the team is just having a little bit of a difficult time to score goals, but on the positive side, they're doing a really good job preventing offense, keeping the puck out of the net, and their goaltending has been solid. So I think if the Pats need to get or get back in the win column, they're going to have to get probably around four goals because they're actually 9-1 and one when they score four or more this season. So I think that's kind of the sweet mark this year. Looks like they're getting a little younger too with some of these deals. Yeah, they are. I mean, Al Miller mentioned on one of my broadcasts that they were at the time the second oldest team in the Western Hockey League. They get rid of Drew Sim as he's placed on way and then they bring him out in Malacca and then you get a guy like Logan Peskett and Anthony Wilson to your mix as well so uh, there's lots of tinkering on this Pats roster in fact there's only 10 now returning players from last year's team which is incredible so hey they're in a little bit of a retooling phase right now with no first round pick this year so uh, that's something to look out for. Were you surprised by the sim release? No I wasn't at all not at all Michael I mean I think the three defensemen, 20-year-old defensemen that they have have earned their spot on this team, and I think Kelton Pine and and QA have earned their spot as well. So I wasn't surprised, despite, uh, you know, sad to see Drew go. I love that kid, and I wish him all the best. All right, Teddy Bear Toss Night. That's always a popular one. It's Saturday. Swift Current Broncos come to town. Just give us some of the deets. Yeah, you know, Saturday is going to be a really exciting game. As usual, it's uh, the 17th all-time Teddy Bear Toss in franchise history, and this is a Regina Pats team that has actually won the last three Teddy Bear Toss games on home ice. So uh, after the game, of course, um, on, I believe, the Monday, the Pats will be uh, donating the Bears to the St. John's Ambulance, the Regina General Hospital Pediatrics, and the Salvation Army as well, and the players will be traveling to those locations to drop off the Bears and stuff like that. So uh, as you come into the brand, Center, make sure to bring some stuffed animals, and when the Regina Pats score their first goal, throw them on the ice. Tanner Howe has scored the last two Teddy Bear Toss goals, so we'll see if he does it for a third time. And he'll join us tomorrow on the show. Gently used or new, right? Like, we don't want scruffy bear, we want some decent bears, right? Yeah, decent bears, and if you can, put them in a plastic bag so that they don't get all wet and, like... I don't, I don't want to say moldy, but they'll start to smell because everyone's going to try to throw them into garbage bags as fast as possible. So if you're able to bring a plastic bag, which I believe will be available as you come through the doors, that would be much appreciated. Dante, thanks for your time. Thanks, Michael. Every time Saskatchewan gets in second or long, they've been bringing Glenn Suter up on the outside. Sometimes they blitz him, sometimes they don't. But when he's blitzed, he's had success. And it's picked up by Suter. He runs it out of bounds. 
time for press coverage as former writer greats and veteran CFL football broadcaster Glenn Suter shares his unique and passionate perspective about the league we love with Rider Nation. So, this portion of the show brought to you by QualityTire.ca. Can't wait for the summer when... When Suits rolls into town, he's in my backyard, he brings his guitar, and I sing. Because I'm an unbelievable singer. Like, unbelievable. I can sing anything. I can sing. No, I suck at it. I'll get him to sing. I'll just keep the beers coming. Glenn Suter. Actually, I think Glenn's a wine drinker, if I'm not mistaken. Glenn Suter joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline. How are you, Glenn? I'm good, and there's nothing wrong with the beer by the campfire. No, we, I got. Hey, I got. You should see my backyard. You, you'll love it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have you out for sure. So, my friend Sean Kleisinger is wearing his dad's old sweater. It is a 1989 John Gregory special. You know the one on the sidelines. You're holding for Ridgeway. The kick is up. It's gone. Yep. And 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 John Gregory jumps and shows off his two centimeter vertical. That's that's the sweater that Sean is wearing right now. It's awesome. We could have we could have slid a, a credit card right underneath there, right <laughs> oh. underneath his feet. No, you know, hey, uh, it's funny you bring that up because uh, you know Twitter is definitely uh, well, whatever they call it now is is definitely uh, uh, it causes a lot of issues and it's it's very toxic, but there are some really good things that happen. And honestly, like it was. Two days ago, it was the 26th, November 26th, mm-hmm. and all over Twitter was replayed plays from the 89 Grey Cup, different moments from the 89 Grey Cup, the catch from Tony Champion, the, the and then there was one, uh, someone posted the highlights of the entire game with commentary and everything, and I, I went back and watched it all. And I have to say, again, I I'm continue to have to hand in my man card because I got a little emotional just getting wrapped up in a recap that was about a 10-minute recap of the 89 Grey Cup game and just all that was involved with that season and everything comes rushing back. And then I started to think about Montreal this year, and I thought, you know, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, those guys are going to have the very same moment and it'll probably be a 3D image like in Star Wars that they can watch their yeah. <laughs> their game back by then. Uh, but it, it's pretty cool. That was it was pretty cool to see again. Suits. It was on this. The riders are littered with so many painful memories. Okay, this date, 2009, McMahon Stadium, the worst loss I've ever seen with my own two eyes. You were there. You were on the call with Chris Cuthbert. What are you thinking about the 13th man game? That just makes me sick to my stomach. Yeah, you know, I it, I still to this day, and, it, and it's not because it was the Riders on the wrong end of that score. If it was the other way around and it was Montreal losing that way, I would have felt the exact same emotions. It was the only time in the booth that I've really felt that I couldn't find the correct words to try to, um, you know, describe what I was seeing and, and, and to try and, you know, when we were showing the pictures of rider players completely devastated, um, you know, I, I just couldn't, I couldn't find the right words. And I thought, you know, these pictures are saying all that needs to be said. This is devastating for them. And the reason is different than any other loss in any other football game is because for 
60 seconds, they thought they won. And then that flag was noticed, and then it all changed. And they and the Owls got another shot. And, you know, when when there's a walk-off field goal, it's immediate. You you either win or lose. You're on one side or the other, and you can live and you live with both. You, you know, you yeah. they, if it, if you're if you're on the wrong side and they kick it through, you go okay. We gave it everything we had. We ran down to the wire. It was the last second field goal. They won. You it hurts still, but you can you can look in the mirror and say, hey, we took them right to the brink, and you know, you can live with it. But that that one was different than any football game I've ever I've ever covered or, or watched or mm-hmm. been, been a part of. Amar Dolman trying his best to make it the British Columbia Lions. Another announcement today. It'll be BC and Ottawa. Touchdown Pacific, August 31st, Labor Day weekend. It'll be awesome. They're holding it like a, or hosting it like a mini Grey Cup ahead of hosting the Grey Cup. Good news in BC. I'm unreal. Um, you know, this is, this is what can happen when an owner has the right motivation, um, you know, hires the staff with similar motivation is on top of the messaging from the moment he takes over. In other words, every single time Amar Doman is on anything, social media, the interviews, whatever it is, he is saying he's not going anywhere. This is world-class athletes playing the best game on the planet. That's it. You know, in a lot of different ways, that's the message from him. And that he's going to make it a provincial team, as you mentioned. And because of that, there was automatic momentum. And then he stuck with it, adding value to the season ticket holders. So right now, the season ticket holders in this city, they don't know what else he's going to come up with. Like, who's going to be the opening act on on, uh, opening night in BC Place? Now they've got the Victoria game. This is, this is going to, you know, reach out and, and how many kids will be going to their first live football game on Vancouver Island and become Lions fans immediately because of it. And that fan base 10 years from now grows and the season ticket holder base grows because those kids that were 12 are now 22 and they're buying season tickets for them and their girlfriend. I mean, it's, it's you know, it's a long game. It's the right reasons, and this is what happens when when you've got that type of leadership. Glenn, 90 seconds. I want your opinion. I think touchdown Atlantic It obviously won't happen this year. That's my opinion. I don't think they'll do both, and if they don't go to Atlantic Canada, I say stick a fork in it. She's over. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I'd really like to hear more about this deep-pocketed um, possible owner that Randy Ambrosi kind of mentioned during Grey Cup week. I'd, I'd like to learn more about how committed and what type of person and what his motivation is, um, or his or her, I should say, because um, he didn't. I don't did he mention it was a man or uh, I think he did, did, did didn't even yeah. say no. Yeah, it's open ended. Yeah, yeah. And anyway, the 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 bottom line being that I'd like to hear more about that. But you're, you're right. We do have to we do have to sort of make a decision on that. Um, as a league uh, here, I'm going to throw one out just before we go. Mm-hmm. And maybe you guys can kick it around after two or tomorrow. Um, Saskatoon. Why, why not? Why not play a regular season game in Saskatoon? 
Yeah, you could do that, but the the problem is, is you're taken away from the Riders Gate, which is going to be bit. You know what I mean? Like how much, how big could you make that stadium? Because it, does it make financial sense? That's all I'm saying. You know when the yeah, you know I. I- yeah, go ahead. You know when the Riders go to Toronto or whatever, they're they're helping those other teams out. Do you want to take away from your own gate? Because you're going to get twenty five thousand here as opposed to Saskatoon, which I think fits ten at its best. So you'd have to add another ten or fifteen thousand. Now you could do it, and I'm not saying poo pooing it uh, to give them uh, a little bit of a you know pat on the back for always driving down. But yeah, that's the only that's the only thing I would say. Well, you know, and I think that you're, you're still going to, if you can put in twelve to 15,000 temporaries and you can host one regular season game up there, you get a whole bunch of kids that, again, have not made the trip to Regina yet. Mm-hmm. The Regina fan base, you know, I, I, would, I would suggest, and I want to be respectful here, but I would suggest that the Ryder fan base can make the drive once when the Saskatoon Ryder fans are making the drive every home game. You know, I, yeah. I think you yep. could say to the Ryder, the the Regina fans, "Hey, jump in your car and see what it's like to go the other way, and and play one game up there and and grow the game." I, I just, I love the idea. I I think it's you know with the temporary stands being pretty comfortable now and the way they can build them, there's real potential to touch different parts of the country that don't see CFL football on a regular basis. Well, Glenn, we're going to have you on tomorrow again, usually Tuesday, Thursday, but today and tomorrow, and we're maybe we'll be talking about a new rider coach. Who knows? I, I have a sneaking suspicion it could go down tomorrow, end of the month, like Jeremy O'Day promised. We'll see who it is. Thanks for your time, Glenn. Okay. Thanks. Take care. That's Glenn Suter joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline for Quality Tire. We wrap up. Where are they now next? On the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. They're the names we speak with reverence or scream out loud. The names that help define us, inspire us, and build the game that we all love. Each Wednesday on the Sports Cage, we flash to the past with a legend to see if there is indeed life beyond the scoreboard. This is Where Are They Now? Counting down for 40 seconds on second down. Gabriel coming across. He's open. He's got it. 24-yard line with 31 seconds remaining. Richards have made a super hit on Tony Gabriel. Gabriel is open in the end zone. And this great segment is brought to you by Floor Coverings International. Save with the Stars event. Save hundreds on new floors. Visit fcipromo.com. Only at participating locations. Offer ends like right away here tomorrow, November 30th, 2023. So we're joined here by one of the great legendary players in the Canadian Football League. A man that would be public enemy number one around here for a number of years. I did a dinner with this guy in small town Saskatchewan and he was surprised people were so kind to him. But you know Ryder Nation's kind Tony Gabriel. Even though it was 47 years ago yesterday, you broke many people's hearts with that Grey Cup touchdown catch. How are you doing today, Tony? Hi, Michael. Excuse me. I, I feel great. And it's very nice of you to call and remember uh, back uh, with my Ottawa Rough Rider teammates, we were able to uh, dig it out in the, in the last 20 some odd seconds and uh, uh, was a, <clears throat> uh, against your 
uh, tremendous uh, quarterback, Ronnie Lancaster, and my old friend who played tight end, Bob Richardson. Mm, there you go. That's and he and he thinks Michael that I stole the award for the the most outstanding Canadian with that catch. So <laughs> all I was trying to do, to be honest, I was trying to do my job, and uh, thank God I didn't drop it. Well, add adding to I I guess maybe the excellence of the play or adding some salt in the wounds. I think you told me this yourself. But other people have mentioned it too. You actually were concussed on the play before or a couple of plays before. So you weren't all with it when you made that catch. That's right, isn't it? Well, Michael, uh, very, very upfront. The play before was uh, trying to get a first down with what, what we call the crossing pattern. Jim Foley... Uh, goes first and uh, slot back coming to the right and I uh, cross over about 10, 12 yards and Tommy Clements hit me high over the over the shoulder. I come down and Lauren Richardson makes a great hit and I'm on to the ground and all of a sudden a big forearm comes across my helmet by Bill Manchuk, number 75. And I'm, my head is actually, I think, bouncing off off the ground. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I saw stars. Um, my offensive uh, tackle back then was Jim Crude. And he said, Gabber, get back into the huddle. Time's running out. <laughs> and... I get back in, uh, we had just made a first down at about the 24-yard line. Yep. And um, Tommy Clements, the quarterback, has a play sent in from Tom Dimitrov, our offensive coordinator. And our wide receiver, Gary Kuzik, started to tell him the play. And Tommy goes, no, no. And he calls that fateful play, Rabbi, fake 34, tight end flag, which is me to the right with Rob, the three back through the four hole to fake a run. And who's going to fake a run with, you know, we're behind by four points, 20 to 16. And uh, 20 some odd seconds left, as I said, and uh, tight end flag. And I said, holy a little more severe in my own brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, holy crap, this is coming to me. <laughs> and uh, I was very fortunate. Uh, they were uh, set up with O'Neal at defensive end, uh, head up over me on, when I came to the line of scrimmage. Roger Goree, the linebacker, was inside off a couple of uh, yards. So he couldn't hit me off the line of scrimmage, being, you know, Roger. And so I just came out around O'Neill, got into the secondary against uh, Ted Provost with a strong move to the inside, faking the post, and then it was wide open uh, going to the uh, flag. And uh, I looked that ball all the way in. My eyes were six feet wide open, I used to say. And all I could see, Michael, were dollar signs. Because my teammates were going to get six thousand each, 
and the, those other fellows, then the Saskatchewan players, then would end up with three thousand each, which was big money back in the day. But let me ask you this, Mister Gabriel: Did it feel like an eternity for that ball to get there? Not only that, I, I mean, it, it had to be uh, that the line held up very well for Tommy Clement to give me that time to put that move on. And I, as I said, I was looking it all the way in. I, I uh, uh, grabbed the uh, ball over my, uh, would be my uh, right shoulder, eh, to the outside. Mm-hmm. And Michael, as soon as I caught it deep in the end zone, I doubled, what a fool, I double spiked it behind me, which was my signature move. Somebody got that football. <laughs> oh, my goodness, Tony. What the, That would have been a great collector's item. Hey, with that in mind, Tony Gabriel, what do you have saved from, uh, from your playing days? You know, when guys are in the heat of it, they don't really think about it too much, even back in the day. But I hope you've saved a few things because memories are things that never go away. Well, it's kind of you to ask, and I'll try to be brief. But at one time, uh, I was married to the commissioner's daughter, Diane uh, Dadar, and uh, Jake, uh, back in 1972, when I uh, was fortunate with Chuck Ely and the Hamilton Ticats in my second year in 72. Uh, what's that? 51 years ago? Wow. Uh, he he didn't Chuck did not look my way for fifty nine minutes, but in the last minute, he threw three passes in a row to me. And Michael, thankfully, I caught each of them. Garney Henley caught one following, and that allowed us on the last play again, Saskatchewan again. Uh, we were tied ten ten. Ian Sunder came in and kicked the winning field goal. At home in Hamilton to make it 13 to 10 and my first Grey Cup victory. And I'll tell you, Jake Dadar saved one of the Grey Cup balls and gave that to me back then on a trophy um, stand. And I have that proudly here right now in my room some 51 years afterwards. In Burlington, Ontario, and it's outstanding to catch up with you, even though you've just recalled two very painful moments in Rough Rider history, so no kidding you'd be public enemy number one, but you're such a great man. So lastly, Tony... Michael, Michael, before you go, can we end it on a positive note? 100%. I'd like to mention the last time I was in Regina was 2013. Ah, and I had the honor, sitting in the end zone, as the CFL sent me out there, uh, I sat in the end zone with Tom Hanks and Martin Short. Wow. And the purpose of me there, and the purpose, and of course, uh, Regina won that game against the Ticats, I believe it was. Yep. Uh, to award in the CFL uh, awards, the, not only the most outstanding Canadian, but also the most outstanding player that year, John Cornish. Yeah. And 
I was so honored to be asked to, uh, you know, from 30 some odd years previous in 1978, 1978 to have won both as a Canadian. And it was so, uh, so much a proud moment for me to uh, hand that off and thanking, you know, really uh, the CFL governors, et cetera, and the commissioner to get me out there uh, to be part of, uh, of his evening. Tony, this has been outstanding. Last thing I want to mention and give you one last forum or platform to speak here on the show. Uh, I thought it was outstanding that the most outstanding player now has been renamed the George Reed Most Outstanding Player. Can you just give me a comment on George Reed who passed away this past October? I, I thought he was a legend. I thought as well, he just... Uh, resembled the heart and heart and soul of what it meant to be a, a, a great CFL running back. Uh, he also, I believe he was our president of the uh, Players Association. Mm-hmm. I got to meet him uh, and I was thrilled. I'm not sure if I asked him for his autograph too, <laughs> but but he he emulated uh, I emulated his success and you know I'm, I'm forever grateful that I had a, a chance um, you know to play against him in 1972. Uh, he was just uh, one super individual. Tony, this has been fun. Thanks for your time, man. I really appreciate it. You're what this league is built on, uh, and uh, it's great taking time out of uh, your schedule, and thank you for talking to us. Michael, I really appreciate you remembering that as well. Wish everybody there in the great province uh, a happy holidays. Today's sports cage has come to a close. Miss a segment? Download or stream the podcast now at sportscage.ca. Get your sports straight from the source. 620 CKRM.